0: This D- P- The Steve Dangle Podcast with your host Steve Dangle, Adam Wild and Jesse Blake.
1: Sorry Steve, you are no longer Steve. You are now Adam Wild. I, I was As 48 having okay. million people pointed out. Okay. Jesse I want to explain, explain ex- yourself. Existential
2: I'm going to explain what happened. What so,
0: happened, Jesse?
2: <laughs> we're, oh. We we record this over Zoom. And depending on the order of which uh, Adam and Steve enter the Zoom chat is where I see them on the screen. So sometimes Adam enters first, sometimes Steve enters first, and they swap places depending on who enters first and who enters last. So I had it set up for whichever one, Adam coming in second and Steve coming in first, and then it happened to be the other way, and I forgot to edit it in post. Mm -hmm. So... That's the actual technical explanation of why your nameplates were reserved, reversed. Can you believe time. this guy? I'm what? sorry. I'm sorry. I can't believe
3: real... him because dude, <laughs> I wow. do that stupidness all the time, but I never really get called out on it. When CJ was on, there was, I think it was Adam said something and Adam was in the box next to my head. So I did this as if to look at him. And then I watched the YouTube video and I'm staring off screen because Adam's not next to my head at all, and I'm like, "Why did I? I didn't have to do that." Yeah, well, you that's
2: just you being stupid. It's <laughs> me being a no, I don't think our if
3: situations are comparable. Mine was if a bad ass. Like,
1: if it's like this to Steve, it must be to everyone.
0: Yeah, <laughs> the exact
1: same.
3: All right, listen. Everyone right. knows who Steve My name is Adam <laughs> Wilde, and I'm sitting on my big ass, and I will not be talked down to. All right. (laughs) oh man i
2: apologize
3: youtube audience
2: oh you should you should
1: jesse there's lots to apologize for you know what there's so much to get to today and actually this is the show where things start to go quiet i'm glad that we have the news that we have except for one story which i well (laughs) yeah that's the one story i really wish we didn't have to do this that story we will get to that um but other than that story glad that we have the news that we have because uh, frankly this is the off season And as much as you're seeing your favorite NHL broadcasters still broadcasting, everybody's like, we don't know when this is going to come back. We did get some OHL news that broke today. We'll talk about that. Uh, Jeff Merrick actually breaking that stuff. Um, and, uh, you know, frankly, this is the last two week, uh, two episode week that we're going to do, uh, until we get some sort of certainty on when the NHL season's coming back, because honestly, uh, we could just sit here and do a bunch of terrible watered down episodes, or we can do one a week. That's going to be great. We're going to have lots of interviews. We're going to make sure that content is thick, like Steve's booty mm-hmm. or his head. And, uh, it's going to be great. And All we're right? going to be every Wednesday, correct? Every Wednesday.
3: Yeah. No, except for when we're not
1: but like yeah 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 yeah. there'll be there'll be a couple weeks (laughs) off here and there remember it's like july and august except it's november december and it's dark and scary
3: no so so i'm ready to do 10 minutes on uh mac hollowell going to play for a swedish team or something
1: i'm you know what i'm sure there's somebody who could do that uh i am not your (laughs) co-host for that if, if you if that's what you want to do uh however i do want to talk about something uh the dallas stars jersey uh is potentially are we ranking it the worst jersey in NHL history. And, I, and, and I'm, I want to start the show off with give me the five worst jerseys you've ever seen in NHL history. And where does the Dallas Stars New Jersey sit on that? Because frankly, I think it's got to be top three minimum. But you're going to have to give me your top five. And I know I, I'm just springing this on you both. Yeah. But your top five worst jerseys in NHL history, where does it rank?
3: They, the NHL went through this weird phase Mm -hmm. where they thought more more is better always more the lightning go look up the the lightning had a blue jersey where lightning was going down the sleeves and across the stomach and lightning and it's like we get it you're the holy shitting lightning (laughs) way too much uh the blackhawks not the blackhawks sorry the coyotes had a uh you know they had the kachina uh fox which is great Coyote, duh. Um, and they did this awful third uh using that logo mm-hmm. so that was up there there was a blues jersey that was so bad mike keenan refused to let his team wear it that was the one with the horns on it right uh- the horns all goddamn over it jesse
2: terrible terrible
3: and maybe the most overthought of logo of all time to the point where they missed the obvious the motorist you know it was coming the motorist it's not only is this not the worst jersey of all time it's not the worst dallas stars jersey of all time type in motorist Moodle. uterus except instead of you it's oh. moo. <laughs> I know what you're first of all get red off of the Dallas Stars jersey get out of here Th- second of all your logo is a uterus oh god that's supposed to look like a bow what was that the Motorists, Adam. The Motorist. Whoa, okay. All right. The so only thing more I have disgusting a, than I have Mike a, Medano a in a Red Wings jersey is Mike Medano in this jersey. He actually wore it. Has it the it's, so it's supposed to be the constellation. Yeah, yeah, except it's not. It looks like reproductive organs.
2: Jesse, I have a top five for you. Okay. All right. So. At number five, we're going to go with the uh, Mustard Nashville Predators jerseys. Ooh. Do you remember those? They were just Which all mustard choice. yellow with the Predator in the middle. If yep.
3: I I would never eat mustard that color. <laughs> it looks everyone, like it's gone bad. Everyone keeps calling it that. No, no, <laughs> it's not. It's terrible.
2: So that's at number five. Okay. Uh, number four would be the Yellow Buffalo Sabres jerseys. I know exactly what you're talking about. It made my the list Buffalo too. Slug. Yeah, yeah. The, so the ones with just the, the the circle logo in the middle, and the rest of it's just yellow, because that's what we all think of when we think of the Sabers—just a giant yellow jersey. Man, so that's number uh, that's number four. Number three would be uh, the Islanders jerseys, where it was the dude who is on a Captain, Captain Highlander. the Captain, Captain Highlighter, yeah, off that terrible jersey, the, the, the Brett Lindros special,
3: and and it and it whoa. And and it went into the late '90s, early 2000s theme of we need diagonal on our jerseys. Except the Islanders are like diagonal. How about a wave and <laughs> man, a sailor?
2: Man,
3: <laughs> so bad. Gross. So that was. I think it's Ziggy Palfi, Adam. It's funny you said Brett Lindros. I think no, Ziggy well. Palfi. I right. had the
2: hockey card. Number two is the Oilers jersey where they had like an oil flying as a constellation oh. thing. Oh, my like a God. comet. I mean, what, just, it was that, all if you just, saw that on Pornhub, it wouldn't look out of place, right? You know what right. I'm saying?
3: <laughs> right. <laughs> it was just <laughs> all that's crazy. not where I went at all.
2: That's but where I went with an oil drops. single Oh
3: dear. Oh heavens. Oh, yeah. oh heavens to <laughs> Betsy. That bro, what are your team's colors? <laughs> Like just yeah, just stick with the palette. No, that's never been the oils. Ugh, gross. And the last gross. one, Jesse. At number, number
2: one. Number one, I'm gonna do the Montreal Canadians throwback candy cane jersey. They were awful! The uh, entire to bottom striped jersey. What the yes. hell was that? Yes, so, yeah, clear. Don't you know, and then it said no. cock in the middle. C-A-C. <laughs> you remember that? Ah, it, was it's a ma- a what? it was a maple leaf and it's a cack. <laughs> Cubs, candy ah, You know what, the,
1: the Steelers put out a similar jersey a few years ago, it's their 1930s jersey. And oh, it did? looks, the Bumblebee jerseys, and mm-hmm. uh, for the Steelers, and it, it was like, it was like their worst years as a franchise where they didn't win games in the 30s. They were an awful, awful, awful franchise that barely survived. Uh, and I, everybody was kind of like, why are we throwing it back this far? Like, why are we, do we need to go back this far? This is pretty bad. This oh, is not a good job. Oh, those
3: jerseys top. are yeah. rough.
1: rough. Yeah. So that's my oh, top five. Sh- All right. I'm going to give you my top five. You ready to go? Adam,
3: let's
2: go.
1: We've got the the very current Dallas Stars Monster Energy drinks coming in at number five. That <laughs> is really what the jersey out. looks like. It's it's every <laughs> guy with a fucking dually. Uh, if you're from Alberta, you know what I'm talking about with the big big exhaust and the and the and it's and it's lifted up and it's got 40 bumper stickers and it's got calvin and hobbs peeing on an oilers jersey and it's got (laughs) energy sticker and it's definitely pulling two dirt bikes behind it you know what i'm talking about and i'm sure it's like that in dallas too and (laughs) honestly i don't i don't know what the stars were going for with this Uh jersey unless literally monster said we are buying your jersey and we are putting our our, like you know because there's going to be advertising on the jerseys here pretty soon isn't there So, so. at some point, are are they trying to sell Monster Energy Drink on that? Because I'm sure Monster's
2: got a ton of money. I have a question about those jerseys. Do they glow in the dark? They must. That would be kind of cool during the intermissions.
3: All I can think is, uh, Mr. Burns, you promised to donate jerseys to the Dallas Stars. Oh, just grab some out of that glowing tree over there. And he handed them these. I sent a jersey in the chat just now. Just saw that. What is this? So, this is Salavat Yulayev um or ufa i believe this is the team that Rodion amirov plays for and this oh, is their leafs, this, leafs new number one prospect let's let's not a lot of people still know that name. that's right let's yep, make right. sure
1: people Rodion amirov doesn't roll
3: well, you all know and if you don't you're stupid <laughs> <laughs> um, but <an> idiot. No, <laughs> so this is their jerseys this year and it's the same wow that's it great. is now, are they, the same does the cage
1: the same jersey company for the khl is it still adidas
3: uh I have no idea who makes the cage. I bet you somebody. It's not Adidas. You bet what?
1: I bet somebody in our audience knows. I bet they do. Mastercard For sponsors sure. the Rodion Amiroff jerseys.
3: Oh, I'm ashamed that I don't know. And also, like it's a really strange jersey because if you look at the gloves of the player who I sent, it's got blue on them. Like this isn't their color scheme. What's your jersey? What are your team's colors? Uh at least Dallas like I, I like their old black jerseys. Oh, they were great. I, yeah, I thought they were cool, but what's the one this thing all about.
1: I, after we've talked about this before. I, I, the one thing about jerseys is I sort of wish teams would stick within their framework. Like you look at the Yankees; they've got three. They got the pinstripe, they've got the gray, and they've got the white, and that's what they've got. And I think they have black sometimes, right, Jess? They have like uh, a, not a black, really. black New York or something like. There's yes, a white, yes. white lettered and or navy blue or whatever it is. But it's sort of just the Yankees are the Yankees. It's ubiquitous, and like the Leafs have gone through different, you know, leaf changes throughout the year. But at least it's been the Leafs. The Montreal Canadiens jersey's been the Montreal Canadiens jersey since time immemorial. Yeah. At least uh, the Leafs it,
3: are blue. They don't have
1: a, like a red, a red. <laughs> yeah, they never went. They never stepped outside of blue and white. It's just been blue and white. All right. Right, they had a little bit of that in the late '90s—that little silver glitter around the thing, which was a little bit like I, that.
2: Was the potvin jersey behind you, Steve? Like that—that yes. that era leaf jersey, oh. the silver one. I didn't like it.
1: No, no, this isn't oh. the silver one. That's this is, the next this is year. Pretty... That would be when, like the Cujo years, is when it got into that the swoopy numbers with the TML was, on right, the shoulder. Right, yeah. yeah, right. Yeah. right. and they got I go in the...
3: and out with that. It fit the era, but like mm-hmm. it doesn't didn't age great
1: it was very britney spears it worked for the time oh, baby. uh now let me talk to you about this all right let me give you a top five so so at number five we've got the monster energy drink dallas stars jerseys at number four the bruins jersey with the actual bear whose
3: head is slightly lifted to the side Pete blackburn and many other Bru- bruins fans call it the Pooh jersey <laughs> <laughs> the Pooh bear <laughs> oh baba <bother. laughs> It's, it's not good is, it's no. so bad it's a, that's, that's a
2: bad jersey
3: that's when the
1: bruins were bad too
3: they were they made ray team. bork wear that jersey how dare they oh man no wonder he left
1: that's an insult to ray bork oh my god i can't that's believe terrible. they made him wear that uh the bruins with the actual bear at number four number three the ottawa senators with the senator jersey with the the centurion who's actually looking at you
3: you know how the and, Senators always always like this And he's like another one with waves in what one remember? of the jerseys yeah. have you seen
1: that one
2: yeah, their faces turned towards the front of the jersey. Yeah. I associate
3: Ooh. that jersey with Martin Havlat.
2: <laughs> yeah, And for some yeah.
3: reason, Tom Prizing. They were very good at the time.
1: There's no question. It was just a goofy jersey. The profile was enough.
3: They would have been. They would
1: have won the cup if they just stuck with it. It was supposed to look like a seal, right? Like a like an like an emperor seal. Yes. Ancient Rome. That's what it was supposed to look like. Nobody in ancient Rome had the full... It was only facial profiles. Too much to do the the head-on face. Way too much. Not supposed to be a bust. So, uh, number two. LA had these weird jerseys when Gretzky left. Do you remember the Kings jerseys in the late 90s? After Gretzky
3: left. Do you remember them? Wait. After Gretzky left? Because Gretzky did wear the Burger King jersey. Uh, Are you talking about the one with the purple king on the heart?
1: Okay, hang on, hang on. I'm going to pull oh. it up. I'm going to pull it up.
3: Oh, it is. That's the
1: one. That's what the one you, I'm talking about. What do you
2: about. type in? What do you the, type in?
1: Uh, the, just put King's jersey bad, and it's the first picture. And Gretzky actually <laughs> oh, yeah. wore it. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs>
2: oh,
1: yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. What an ugly jersey. So it's got a... <laughs> In this particular picture, it's Gretzky. And I think the captaincy is on the wrong side, by the way. And then it's got the swipe down the like a sash. And then it's got an actual king with a
3: beard. And then look at all the shit going on. on. There's so much going on. Look at all the shit going on there. It's crazy. No, no. It's that's again, the late 90s, early 2000s. More is better. It's no, it's that's very, a like they, crazy.
1: I, honestly, that Jersey looks like they took several jerseys and said, you know what? I can't decide between all of you. Uh, I like you all very much. So why don't we just put it all together and like, teamwork?
3: Michael <laughs> Jordan crazy. never had to wear that shit. Like, I can't believe I Wayne know. Gretzky actually had to put that Jersey on. Oh my God.
1: Bad. And, uh, number one, the worst of all time, the Buffalo slug. Yeah. I think
3: that's worst of all. That's time? That's the worst grand. Jersey of all
1: time because it doesn't represent anything. You look at the Buffalo slug and you're, you don't feel angry. You don't feel upset. You're not even put off. You're just sort of apathetic. And that's the worst feeling. If you hate something, at least you're feeling something. If you love something, you're feeling something. If you're feeling apathetic about a jersey, like Buffalo seems to feel about the Sabres right now, there's just like a, it's just like a, it's a kind of feeling. That's the worst feeling you can have. You cannot have a worse feeling than that when it comes to sports. Apathy, man. You know what I'm talking about? You guys see what I'm saying? I- I am
3: looking at this. Here's how bad it is, right? I'm looking at this, trying to get mad about it, and right, I, I'm, I'm gonna look at this jersey for five to ten minutes tonight to fall asleep. Yes,
2: yes, it's bad. This is awful. Yeah. You're talking this, about the their one new where new
3: ones look so good. It's in- the, the one where the
2: buffalo is like a, a moon, a moon turned on its side. Yes, oh, okay, like yes. a
3: fart cloud.
2: Okay.
1: Yeah, <laughs> like a rabbit running really fast in an Art Deco sort of look. It's bad. It's really bad. And Sabres fans, you rarely see them in it because they don't like it either. Well,
3: and also, who the hell played for the team when that, they uh, wore this Thomas stupid thing?
2: Vanek?
1: Yeah, he did. Excuse me.
3: Tyler Ennis was drafted in the first round with that logo on his chest, and he deserved better. Yep, he he deserved better. So did Maxim of Underrated. Oh, Max Offenogonov. I, I miss <laughs> Max Offenogonov. <laughs> He's still playing. Where's he play? KHL? Uh, let's check. Max Offenogonov. Let's type that in. <laughs> Born in 1979. Wow. 41 year old Max Offenogonov is currently playing for, or no, he played for Dynamo Moscow last year. Was <laughs> nearly a, oh no, sorry. He was nearly a penalty minute a game. <laughs> I thought he was almost a point a game. Uh, He played for Dynamo Moscow last year. I think he might finally be done. That's a big club. It sure is. And he had 10 points for them. Also, I believe Luch Sport makes the
2: KHL jerseys. Luch Sport. I just Googled KHL jerseys, and they come up with authentic and uh, authentic K. Would they they be the manufacturer? I don't know. It looks like it. Well, that's interesting. You can buy authentic jerseys from all the teams from them, so. Damn. It looks like it's Luch Sport. Somebody will correct me in
3: the comments. Wow. Okay. Max Afanaganov. <laughs> oh, man. Woo. Awful. Awful. I'm glad we spent time on that. I did, too. <laughs> I just good.
1: figured, you know what? It might be fun to go through and uh, get our top five worst. Now, let us move on to Kellogg's Frosted Flakes. Flakes, excuse me. Great moments in Selly history. Steve Dangle. Yesterday, we did... Uh, or sorry, last episode, we, we were talking about the games that actually happened while you uh, while you were being born. And it's funny, a lot of people messaged us with the game scores and somebody actually pointed out that this first game that you ever went to, I asked you about the first goal you can remember somebody scoring and it was Dave Anderchuk handed against Detroit, I believe. Calgary. Calgary. And we were like, there's no way that happened. Why would you put Dave Anderchuk on the penalty kill? Well, somebody looked it up and lo and behold, Steven, they got the date. They got the time. And I believe it was the second period, like you said, and Dave Anderchuk scoring against the Calgary Flames. How
3: do you feel? I, f- I feel like, why do I remember that? Like, why do I, why can I still in my head picture? I know the room I was in. I was five years old when I saw that goal. What's wrong with me? The stuff I forget immediately after learning it. And I remember that.
1: So here's what I'm going to ask because we are, we're going to put this on hold for a month and then we're going to come back with the feature. So I'm going to ask you in all of 2020, the wild ride that it's been, okay. What was the best celebration that happened in this calendar year? I mean, if you can remember Dave Anderchuk's goal, when you were five years old, I figured you might be able to go through some of the top sellies this year and remember
3: them. Sure. There were, does it have to be leaves? Doesn't have to be leaves at all. No. Okay. Uh, Some of my favorites, Um, you know, sometimes if, if a game goes to the 10th inning, 11th inning, 12th inning at some point, it's like, okay, I got to turn this game on. Right. Mm -hmm. With the NHL. Oh, it's going to overtime. Oh, it's going to double overtime. It's going to triple overtime. Who was not watching the fifth overtime between Tampa and Columbus so, to me, one of, one of my favorite sellies uh, was, you know, eight periods worth of who, who's it going to be, who's finally going to get it, and Braden points sudden realization that it's me. I did it. I'm the one who finally ended this eight-period game, and we now know the significance of it, too, you know, beyond winning a playoff game, which is very important. But uh, Chris Johnson came on the show and said that the Lightning – are not sure that they would have won the Stanley Cup or even that series had they lost game one in quintuple overtime to the Blue Jackets. So that, to me, was one of my uh, favorite moments uh, of the bubble. Austin Matthews, who never looked surprised to score a goal, scoring a game that the Leafs had a 1, one in 140,000 chance of winning in game four against Columbus – that was why a big why is, game. It, it keeps happening against Columbus? Now we're not going to talk about what happened in Game Five, but
0: yeah,
3: uh, just the look on his face. I remember being so done with this team. I was going to just carve them like a pumpkin. I was so ready, and they came back and won the game, and it was this magical comeback that I, I don't know, I don't know, I don't, I don't exactly remember my reaction but I don't think it was huge. I don't think I exploded or anything. And went, yeah, I think I just stood there smiling and shaking my head at the TV. Like I could cheer for any team in the world, but I cheer for these guys. <laughs> like just, just the craziest, most ridiculous, you can't write this stuff. And it actually happens in real time uh, team in the world. And then number one, Columbus fans are like this because this happens against the Leafs for a change what was a better celebration in the entire hockey world and this was 2020 and it was pre covid which makes it great david Ayers walking into the visiting dressing oh, room stop scotia it. bank Can't arena stop and the carolina <laughs> hurricanes lose their minds because they absolutely should have because it was a magical magical moment david Ayers getting an nhl win Thanks to Pierre Engvall for scoring the third goal. And also, thanks to the amazing defense of the Carolina Hurricanes. And thanks to his own abilities, because if I'm not mistaken, he stopped eight of ten shots. He did. Now that's a reason for a serial celly. You By know, the way, David Ayers only faced two fewer shots than Garrett Sparks this season. You could argue that David
1: Ayers—that's oh, mean. It's true. Uh, it is mean. true. You're bullying. Not needed, sir.
3: Oh, I'm sorry. That is a legitimate stat. If you're going to post frigging Drake lyrics after I you think get if, traded,
1: I think if you were to look at the—if you were to look at the Leaf season and where it was going and how inconsistent they were and how not good they were, they weren't great. They had stretches where they were great, but they weren't great overall. I think the David air games airs game turned out to be a, a favorable thing for Same. a couple of reasons, and actually, let's wrap the Kellogg segment because we, because we should do that. So uh, thank you, Kellogg. Sure is. Kellogg's Frosted Flakes, Selly of the week, which will return in December. Now uh, we are w- when I say the airs game was a good thing. it was an it was a good game because or it was a good thing for the Leafs because it was because of all the bad things happening at once. They lost. So poorly, it was such an embarrassment. It was so shameful and ridiculous that it stopped them from making any moves at the trade deadline. And we have confirmation of that. The, you know, Kyle Dubas saying, or sorry, Zach Bogosian saying, I had a meeting with Kyle Dubas the next day, which he canceled that night. He canceled it after the game that night because no, this team does not deserve anything. Kyle Dubas was willing to go out and spend assets at the trade deadline to acquire somebody to augment that group of bumps. And then he finally said, no. And I also would argue, and, and I, I don't know the if we've ever, if, if we, I, I don't know if we've done this yet, but to talk about the Leafs offseason, because everybody else has, we've talked about it with Chris, we talked about it with Eric Engels, we've talked about it, um, about the moves that they've made. But the makeup and the character of this team has, compla- has changed completely. And there are a lot of people that have, who think that's a good thing, some people who don't think it's enough, whatever it is. To me, there is a far more complete feeling. To so the way I look at this roster than there was before, I don't think a lot of you know people are like, well, on paper, they're, they're worse because they don't have Janssen and Capitan, and, and which is an argument you can make. I don't believe that's necessarily true. And I'll tell you why. I think sometimes you have to concentrate the ice time and the chances on the players most likely to score and most likely to make something happen. Guys like Janssen and Kapanen are not going to get enough ice time with the Leafs, kind of like Connor Brown when he was here, to to put up the numbers that they're capable of putting up because guys like Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner, William Nylander, John Tavares are going to suck up a lot of oxygen. And you also don't have Tyson Berry, you know, them trying to wedge Tyson Berry in where Morgan Riley should have been all season. Number one, power play defenseman. He had 72 points the year before. I don't know why we were trying to make uh, fetch happen with Tyson Berry. I don't understand (sighs) that but that's what happened. And so what that game did, it was a pivotal moment. They realized they needed to get tougher. They realized they needed more character. They needed to surround John Tavares with a few more leaders, a few more guys that have been there and probably some more forceful personalities. And I think it's important when you're young. And I saw this as a young radio DJ. It's important when you're young to, to meet people that have been there and that whose only wish is that they could go back and be in your shoes at your age and make the most of every opportunity given them. You know, everybody has things where you go, man, I should have picked up the phone or man, I should have done this or man, I should have done that. You know, we, we talk about that Darcy Tucker conversation we had, we were lucky enough to be a part of on the bus after that Boston Bruins series. And Darcy talked about the fact, he's like, you only get so many opportunities. He's like, there's so much talent on this team, so much talent. It doesn't matter how young they are. They can do this. And he said, I just want to go in there and ring their necks and tell them they can do this and, and don't screw it up. Don't blow this because it's over in a flash. And I think seeing Joe Thornton and seeing Wayne Simmons and even seeing Zach Bogosian who just walked, who just walks into the dressing room with a ring, yeah. who was playing with Victor Hedman. I mean, I think, you know, I, I know he split time on all D, but the fact that he was able to do that in very, very important pivotal playoff games for the Tampa Bay Lightning says something. And so... I think the David Ayer's game was a great mindset changer for Leafs management. I think that they were doubling down hard on being kind of klepto about all the forwards that they drafted when it was time past time to trade a couple of them who have since been moved. And I think you you're now seeing a team that to me looks a lot more complete and has a little bit of room for, for young guys like Nick Robertson to make their way into. Well, and,
3: and, you know, they they whispered about like, oh, you'd be surprised what Dubis is willing to do at the deadline. I, I don't even want to know because the guys who they got for pennies on the dollar this offseason, you're probably talking at least a second round pick because second round picks don't matter at the trade deadline. I I, I don't remember. need this. I, like, GMs
1: just throw it at the door. Steve, do you remember, and I don't mean to interrupt, but do you remember the no. Joe Thornton interview after the trade deadline where he was pissed that he didn't get traded? Yeah. Where do you think he was going to get traded? I would imagine
3: the Leafs. Yeah. So who pulled out? Who pulled the shoot at the last minute? I think I think Dubas did a lot of his uh, a lot of the work he meant to do in February, uh, in October. That's mm-hmm. it's, I I that's exactly what I what I think happened. Now another thing, and this is just this is just coincidence, right? You can't really plan for this, but like the Edmonton Oilers bought at mm-hmm. the trade deadline because they should have. Yes, That team deserved to be rewarded. They did really well. They went out and got Mike Green, who was a good pickup for them. They went out and got Tyler Ennis, who was a good pickup for them and cheap. Then they went out and got Andreas Athanasiu, who was not. Without COVID, he's still on the Oilers for this upcoming season. Mm Mm-hmm. Probably Tyler Ennis too. Did Tyler Ennis re-sign with Edmonton? I don't know. Let me have a look at that. I'll go have a look. I think he I, did actually. but Yeah, he probably yeah, did. But... Go ahead and look that up. Okay. Uh, and Mike Green would have been great for them. Instead, Mike Green spe- uh, spe- uh, plays three games for them, I think, or two. Retires. And then retires. Uh, Tyler Ennis barely gets to play. Andreas Athanasiu, uh, you know, plays four playoff games for a team he was barely even used to. Anyway, so One year, Tyler, $1 Ennis, Tyler,
1: yeah, Tyler Ennis did sign yeah,
3: with the Oilers and has addressed a fantasy. No, he is still sitting. He's still, he's still sitting. So anyway, sorry. I said all that to say this, even if this Leafs team had deserved it, had deserved the upgrade, they would have spent this, that, and that. And then all those guys walk right out the door. Uh, there are a few teams that got super shafted uh, at this trade deadline because of COVID, and I'm trying to think of one that got shafted worse than the Oilers. That's
1: pretty tough. Also, it, it was surprising to me to spend two second-round picks on Andreas Athanasiou. Like, I know that me they too. wanted – Like, was there not another winger available for one second-round pick? Right. It like, I, like, I think there was. It seemed like Ken Holland liked his guy, and that's fair, but, I mean, oof, that, that was weird to me. That one was so- really
3: here, so th- this is everything they did at the deadline this year. They traded Joel Person to which you talk about guy. They traded Person uh, to the Ducks for a twenty twenty two. Steve, no, it's no, it's really good. Um, anyway, sorry, that trade barely matters uh, because there's a conditional pick. Blah blah blah. blah. I don't think anyone's actually going to play in the NHL. They got Tyler Ennis for a fifth. They got Mike Green for Kyle Brozak, who they obviously didn't want, and a conditional fourth. Uh, the pick is a fourth in 2020, goes up to a third in 2021. If the Oilers get to the final four and Green plays 50% of the games, who knows? And it was a and Ryan Kuffner for Sam Gagne and two seconds. So essentially, they gave up a fourth, two seconds, and a fifth and got shit. Yeah, got nothing for it like a dozen games combined. That's brutal and it has it's not even their fault no it's not it's you just you have can, to, it's it was a rich off. deal for a fantasy but it's not their fault right
1: right well and he may still want to take it and then actually you know that's the thing is is that i think the david Ayers game is the reason we got the offseason that we got i think it was the culmination of Club. a bunch of things that happened all over the offseason and you could almost just feel it coming
3: leafs mvp um, david Ayers. Well,
1: it's not that, you know, I don't want to be a Leafs fan and have revisionist history. It was quite frustrating. But at the same time, you have to look at what they've done since. And as on the ice, they've done nothing. Absolutely nothing. But in the offseason, uh, with the exception of the Cody CeCe comments, which I'm still not over, frankly, I think the team's better. I think they're more complete. Oh, yeah. And I think that, you know, the uh, people are going to say, well, where do you get the you know the 15 Janssen goals and the 15 Kapanen goals? Well, you get them from other people. Or you get more from the guys that are paid to score them. And how about this? Like, why would you, if you're the Leafs next year, why would you run anything but PP one on the power play? You just leave them there for two. Leave them there for two minutes. Leave them there. You have one power play unit. Maybe swap out one or two. Energy,
3: you know. Yeah, you have like one (laughs) of the guys.
1: The guys are 22 years old and they can't stay out there for two minutes. I think they can manage
2: it. If it's a game 32 and the guy's tired in the second period, you might want to play your you switch FIFA out games. one guy, maybe. But I'm know. not gonna, I'm not gonna accept five guys walking off the
1: ice like, oh, I'm really tired after a minute 30.
2: I think I'm I think I you say sa- you save it for round one of the playoffs when you play guys without limits. I guess give them a rest in the regular season.
3: Injuries are a huge wild card, <laughs> and the Leafs had some pretty bad luck uh, this past season. But you know what? They're for sure not gonna have a month and a half playing like complete dog shit with a lame duck coach. Babcock yeah. should never listen. Whatever you think of the guy, he should have been fired after game seven in 2019. Yes. Because it was very obvious. That is not the dude. Very obvious. That is not the dude. He got out like crap for a month and a half. Yeah. 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 They played like crap for a month and a half. I don't and care it, about your injuries. I don't have sympathy. Every team has injuries. Beyond that, I don't I don't even think it was injuries, Steve. There seemed to be things he was doing to prove a
1: point to management. Like, I am the big dog here, and there's nothing you can do about it, and I will pay, play the players the way I want to play them.
3: You think and, any of those vets, like, you think Joe Thornton still signs here if it's Babs? Don't know. I don't think so. You think you think Thornton's in the opening night lineup? No.
2: Spets signed here when it was still Babs. So I don't know if I buy that argument.
3: I I bet he f- regretted it. Marlo
2: <laughs> Marlo did as well. You know the they were a day
3: still... away though. They were a day away from trading them. They the were a day guys away from still trading Spetsa.
2: was here, so I don't know.
3: Or not trading them. They were a day away from waving Spetsa.
2: Yep, mm-hmm. and they didn't. they didn't. They
1: didn't. Valuable piece turned out to be the heart and soul of the Leafs in the. Uh, who knew Jason Spezza would be the heart and soul of the Leafs in the play-ins? But there we are.
2: Yeah, That's fighting in that game five, just to literally get something going. He was the MVP on that team. He's the MVP, yeah. and they should, and and well,
3: he should
1: not have been the MVP, but thank God he was. At least somebody showed
3: fire. Think of all the criticism Dubas has taken for oh, he's acquiring this old guy and this fighter and this old fighter. Can you imagine if they lost game four instead of five? Oh. And the last thing the Leafs did was make Jason a fight in a game they didn't give a shit about. Like I don't understand why. People are criticizing the off season he's had. When you know exactly what the problem is, and you know exactly what he's trying to do, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The, don't let the fact that they won Game Four cloud your judgment here. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, one I was, in a million friggin' win.
1: When the off season started, I was I was definitely on the train of like, let's look at maybe more. Solid option and goal because I didn't believe that Freddie Anderson had given them great playoff success. It's a lot of like the Johnny Goudreau syndrome in Calgary, great in the regular season, but in the playoffs, for whatever reason, when they needed him, you know, there were games that he was great, but then there are games where you're like, where's Freddie tonight? Where is he? Like, you know, there are, He's especially in that Boston series, the first couple Boston series that were the, the two that they played, those series, there are a couple of games in each series where like Freddie's just not here tonight. And you can't yeah. have that. You cannot have that. But what I like is they've got a guy going into the last year of his deal. He's going to be in his 30s, and it's a depressed economy. And the goaltending market is stronger, excuse me, stronger next year by virtue of the fact that there are fewer goalies up. But goaltending this year got really squeezed in the offseason, like really squeezed. So Freddie Anderson is going to, I mean, he, this will, we're talking about tens of millions of dollars potentially for him that are on the line this season.
3: Oh my God, yeah. Like, yeah. if
1: you look at it, like this could be the difference between a five and a $7 million a year contract. If Freddie comes in, plays lights out, and some team wants to sign under that kind of money, it could be
2: that, right? Yeah. What, you have a guy in year? net who's literally playing for tens of millions of dollars and you're going to get that over the course of 82 games and if he doesn't perform then you know for a fact that he's not the guy but the other side is there's so much pressure on him that you might get this unbelievable freddie season
1: motivation it's
2: gonna, yeah it's only going to benefit the least
1: and then you got jack campbell who probably believes somewhere in the back of his mind that he can do this mm-hmm.
3: yeah but adam he also believes that the rest of us can too.
1: Yeah, <laughs> he's the you know? he's the sweetest
3: guy. He's the I new just, James Reimer. <laughs> I, I believe in you. Uh, I love Jack Campbell. I love Jack Campbell. I I would like to see these guys have a polite off, like until the first one to get mad loses. Who? Which which players? James Reimer and Jack Campbell. Oh yeah. Oh my god. It might go on forever. It might be. <laughs> and then Joseph Wool is going to enter the conversation because the first time I talked to that kid. Who's a he's a leaf prospect in net? I was just like, is this? Did James time travel? Wow, really? Oh, it's a just nice guy. the Scotch G. Willicker's kid, and I'm just you know I'm just really <laughs> happy to be here.
1: Well, then that's that's so cool, right? You love you love guys like that in the dressing room, character guys, which they always talk about. Is it cool, Adam. Or is it I, I I like the fact. I think it's Neato. It's probably Neato. Um, Freddie Anderson would probably be limited to um, you know 75 pitches this year rather than the full game. Uh, You know, he might be pitching a uh, two, uh, two, uh, two hit total strikeout fast, but we're not, we're going to pull him at game 50. And it's going to be a Jack Campbell the rest of the way. And I kind of like that. I didn't like it for Tampa last night, but I really, really like it for the Leafs. And I think that the, the goaltending situation is going to even itself out just a little bit. And if it doesn't, if Freddie's not good, then it's sort of like, well, we signed into that deal and the deal's done. Right. That's why I, I wouldn't mind them re-signing this dude. Freddie? Yeah. Well, I want to see him play first.
3: I want to see him play <sighs> first. It's It would be <sighs> – he's stolen a, a playoff – I would say in each series he's played as a Leaf. He's stolen a game. Mm-hmm. But he's. we were there when he gave games too, man. More. Give me more. I need a little bit more. He stole. What did he steal? He stole game five in 2019. I think he stole. He stole game three in 2018. And with the caps, that was a pretty high scoring series. I'm trying to, did he steal any of those? He almost stole game six. And then the goal that ended up going in sucked. It's yeah. ah, It's tough. I'm just saying,
1: you don't don't sign Freddie now. Absolutely not. He hasn't earned that contract yet. No, I need to see 50 games of Frederick Anderson first.
3: He's a microcosm of the team. Yeah. Great regular season, and then when the playoffs come, do you believe?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Capable of greatness. If you were going to rate the Leafs offseason, Jesse, Steve, and I will give mine rating as well, what would you rate it in schoolyard rating? So A, B, C, D, E, F. Not E. Sorry, there's no E. (laughs) <laughs> I don't, why is there no e by the way a should, you know what i'm saying a b c
3: i think there used to be
1: did there because no. e should be like 50 to 59 percent.
3: you know what i'm saying
1: <laughs> i, just I thought know. that i think it's weird that d is but whatever
3: well, i would have got a e in mr amani's class in, uh, grade <laughs> me too me too or was, here no, grade we go why the is there
2: no e in the grading scale f is considered separate as it denotes a failing grade and does not need to go in alphabetical order it just so happens that fail starts with a easier. letter that skips one letter alphabetically on the scale. So the grading scale is technically A, B, C, D. And then when you fail, it's just considered a fail and not necessarily an F.
1: But if you fail. put an E in there, it makes A's more hard to, to grab because A is 80 to not, 80 to 100%. B is a 70 70 to 80. C is a 60 to, and I know this because I was a C student, 60 to 70. And then you've got D that's a 50 to 59%. Yeah. And then everything below
2: that
3: one percentage, 10%. All I'm hearing is it's arbitrary nonsense. No, 80 to a hundred is an A. What do you mean? No, that doesn't make any sense. Why are you giving an A to 20%? If you're you're
2: within that 20% of being a hundred percent, you get an A. Well, that's That's not so, that's that's so so huge. huge. That's like a huge, that's 20%. No but, no, but that's based on the curriculum. They're saying if you get 80% of that, you're doing great. It's not that. It's, B
1: would be great, B too. would be great. <laughs> Why no. don't we make B greater? Make B great
2: again. Is what I'm saying, Okay? No, but then but then you're <laughs> but then you' you're changing the range of A. You were saying A, A, because if you're saying okay, B and A are the same thing, then it's all A. It's all that twenty percent. That twenty percent bar is what an A is. Does that make sense? Right. Oh. But it, what I'm saying is it shouldn't. I'm saying you oh, should do the
1: <laughs> intelligent thing, which is you've got five, five uh,
2: decades of percentage points or whatever no. you call it. Five. No, because that, because that twenty is the same. Is the same like you're doing good. It means the same, so it needs to have the same letter. Well. Wow. Uh, what do you give Kyle Dubas, guys? What do you give is, Kyle Dubas? I give him an E. You give an E? Yeah, actually, or what do you give him? No, I give him a B because um, I, th- I don't think he made an incorrect move, but it's the team coming in, I want to see what they do, you know? So I can't, I can't give him an A because I don't think it was exceptional. So it's a B plus. It's like on the verge of being, okay, all the right moves were there. It wasn't over the top. We didn't go get McDavid. You know, it wasn't 100%, but mm. it was all the correct <laughs> moves, which is the baseline, which is a B. It's By a, the way, it's every offseason right. for every for Kyle Davis should be go get McDavid.
3: That should be for everybody. Um, <laughs> I'm going to give him a 2019 B, which is a 2020 A-. minus. Interesting. And here's why. So, again, you give up Johnson because you don't have any cap space. That's bad. You give up Kapanen because you don't have any cap space. That's bad. Mm. However, in 2020, teams are giving guys away. Nate Schmidt cost a third. Tyler Johnson went unclaimed on waivers. The fact that the Leafs were able to clear that space and get really good stuff in return. Joey Anderson looks like he could be a player. He's at very least not nobody. He's a Marley. He's what? At very least, he's a Marley and a serviceable Marley. I would say a top six Marley, right? That's good. him was the 15th overall pick. That's some good stuff. And then you're able to use what cap space you have on Joe Thornton and Jimmy Vesey. When they signed him, I was like, oh. That's a good value move finally and he's dubas is making dreams come true the joe thornton the wayne simmons the, oh just that's good stuff kyle that's good stuff and the analytics community go what about us and he's okay fine you'll throw you a tj brody bone and they go Hurr! and they go thank you very much for that <laughs> he gave everyone a little something to chew on um within the parameters of 2020 kyle Dubis. I'm going to give an A minus. Not a perfect job, but real real good. You look at what some of the other GMs around the league have had to do versus what he's pulled off. I think he's done extremely well. I'm going to give
1: Kyle Dubas a A, a 2019 A. Oh, and I'm going oh. to tell you why. I'm going high on this one and there's going to be a lot of people like, yeah, "You're a homer." Well, if you actually listen to our show regularly, you know that I was hard as hell on him after that uh, press conference that he put out. We were Tough, but I was the most vocal. I was upset. I was frustrated, and also. I had every reason to be. Also, there were some. This, rid- is,
2: this is a Homer podcast.
1: Well, you this know what?
2: Home. Yeah, the well. Leafs podcast.
1: No, Jesse, we're completely objective. I don't know what you're doing. <laughs> just happen to talk about the Leafs every episode, all the time.
2: We're fans and, of the team,
1: <laughs> and and Steve <laughs> happens to just drop the first first round pick's name, like everybody knows who we were talking about. On off.
0: Anyway, <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> but I'm going to give him a 2019 A, and I'll tell you why. This team is completely different mentality-wise than it was last year. And you can say what you want about, you know, losing 30 goals in Kasperi Kappen and Andreas Janssen, and I'll meet you there. I don't think you're going to get 30 goals out of Wayne Simmons, TJ Brody, Joe Thornton, or and Jimmy VC altogether. You might. I hope to get 15 goals out of VC. I hope to get five out of Thornton and maybe 30 assists. I hope because that's he doesn't score a lot of goals. You know, t- maybe TJ Brody gives you another, you know, 30 or 40 assists, but he's not going to score a ton of goals. And goals are what matter here. But we have goal scorers. We have people that can put the puck in the net. What they needed were guys, as I said before, who have been there and are literally, this is it for Joe Thornton, guys. This is probably it. This is it. So I don't, I don't know if you could have a better cause than let's win this for Joe in his hometown. Well, I don't know. Winning's fun. You have to look at, as a, as a general manager, not just the, the talent that you acquire, but what their motivation is. What's their motivation? We just talked about Freddie Anderson. What's his motivation? Well, tens of millions of dollars on the line on his next contract. Is he going to get a three-year contract? Or is he going to get a six or a seven-year contract like Robin Leonard? Is he going to get the Markstrom contract? Or is he going to get the Corey Crawford contract next year? Now, you know, there's a bit of an age discrepancy there. But you know what I'm talking about here. Mm -hmm. This is an important year for Freddie Anderson. And he knows it. And he's put some competition in there. Jack Campbell has been pretty damn good. And, you know, small sample sizes, but people are like, what are you talking about, Jack Campbell? Well, look at his numbers with the shitty L.A. Kings where he had a 928 safe
3: percentage in 31 games. That's I not liked, bad, guys. I liked Aaron Dell's little tidbit where he goes, because people were talking about him like, hey, so you're coming in to be the third goalie? And he's like, I, I want to be better than the third goalie. I love that. He wants to oh, steal man. Jack Campbell's job.
1: I love that. And Jack Campbell's like, you know what? I, I just can't let you, you little whippersnapper. He's,
3: well, you know, may the best man win. <laughs>
1: And he means it. He's, yeah. not, He's not even being does mean it. He's not being passive aggressive. He totally means it. This he shows up at his door with a mask and a cake <laughs> that says, let's be pals. You got to look at what Kyle Dubas had to work with and what he had to work with was almost nothing. He had some assets in Kasperi Kapanen. And I think Andreas Janssen in a normal world would have probably fetched more. However, as Steve said, Nate Schmidt is going for a third round pick these days because yep. of the cap issues that teams have. If the cap, I don't even know if they trade Andreas Johnson if the cap is going up, but if they were going to, I think he's probably worth more than what they got for him. It's just, that's what they had to deal with. If you look at what Kyle Dubas had to deal with, he checked every box, including finally a top flight right-handed defenseman. He finally solved well, the problem. Right side defenseman. Right yeah. side defense. Well, right side defenseman. Fair. <laughs> you, know who, you know who didn't have a right side defenseman? Kyle Dubas before and Lou Lamorella before him and Dave Nonis before him and uh, uh, Mark Hunter and Kyle Dubas before him. And uh, and then and then it was uh, who was that? Oh, yeah, it was uh, Brian Burke before him. And it was uh, who was that? John Ferguson Jr. before him and Pat Quinn before him and uh, Mike Murphy before him and Mike Smith before him. There was so no, we have not had a good right handed defenseman probably since Roberts Fela, if he even play the right side. I think it was the one year he played here, traded uh, him from the and, – and then he retired because he, so, was, he was – it was just weird.
3: All and I the, remembered about him was is like, he, wore, he wore 67, and I hated him for it. And Dmitri Uskavich, I think, was a right-shot
1: defenseman as well. Those are the – like, that's the best the team had. This is great, and I am very high on what Kyle Dubas did, and I'm coming from a position of very low on what he did last year. You know, thrusting Tyson Berry into the PP1 spot when he just wasn't working – And then, of course, Cody Cece playing top line minutes. Ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Adam,
0: Mm
3: -hmm. what do you have next for the show? Because I have a question. What do you want to do? What do you want to do? Well, so here's my question. How long have we been doing uh, this podcast? How long has this podcast been around? In May, it'll be eight years. I have a prediction. What's the prediction? We're going to have an estimated date Mm -hmm. for the beginning of the season by the time this show is uploaded. Okay, so we've got an OHL
1: estimated date, and I know that you just uh, sent through a link from Fried that we have an AHL estimated date. So can we start with the O and then go to the A, Steve? Sure.
3: Uh, Well, you want me to read Merrick's thread? Yeah, read Merrick's thread. Okay, so Jeff Merrick making some waves uh, early this afternoon uh, with this thread. OHL GM's meeting has concluded. Some details. Season starts February 4th. Training camps start January 23rd. European and American players arrive January 8th in quarantine. It's going to be a 40-game season. Four teams from each conference make the playoffs, which is a huge change for the OHL. It's usually 16 out of 20. So basically, every team makes a playoff. Now it's going to be really hard to make it. Uh, Eight teams total. One or two exhibition games, January 29th, uh, 29th to 31st, then right into the season. Uh, there was no talk about what happens with the U.S. teams. That's going to be really complicated because uh, how many are there? Two, three? Um, three. 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 I uh, no details about how games and schedule will be determined, but it is believed teams may only play against four or five other squads. Uh, also, no discussion about the contract oh sorry contact issue teams may assume that's not going to happen so some context there uh there was a politician in ontario um who is at lisa mcleod who i don't i don't i wouldn't know i don't know sorry anyway man. she's she's now the sports minister because she was suff- shuffled around for handling families with autism so poorly anyway she was uh she was uh suggesting that there's not going to be any body checking um in the ohl this Come season on. which is utter nonsense and, and not going to happen. Dismissed uh, notice. Sorry. This is back to Jeff Merrick. No discussion about fans during the meeting, but that's not a surprise at this point. And finally, OHL season would conclude May 16th. And uh r- reminder, the Memorial cup has already been pushed back and will run June 17th to 27th. That was followed uh, about two hours later by Elliot Freeman saying hearing The AHL is now targeting a February 5th start date. Board of Governors approved today. So we got OHL February 4th. They're going to start. And AHL, not confirmed, but it sounds like it's going to be February 5th. CJ might have nailed it on this show. I think he might have nailed it. It's going to be the beginning of February. So we keep
2: uh, speculating about the NHL start date. But Gary Bettman already said in early October that they're aiming for January 1st.
3: Yes, yeah. And I and always no. aim for the net when I shoot, I miss.
2: <laughs> so I think yeah. unless that those plans, those plans haven't changed. So I'm just going to keep assuming that it's going to be January 1st. And I think that's a fair thing to do,
1: Jesse. However, if you look at uh, if you look at even what's going on, like just like let's put put the politics aside for a second. But w- what's happening with the American election? There's a pretty good chance that uh, and, and the MLB just saw terrible ratings for the World Series. Terrible. Like nice. like. All sports have had terrible ratings. All sports, terrible. But let me me throw this at you. Until that election is wrapped up, it's going to suck up all the air in the room, with the exception of football, which just transcends. um, Because it happens on the same days every week and blah, 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 blah. And it's a religion. We get it. The thing – and it it happens during the day most of the time, too. So until this election is wrapped up, you're going to see – A lot of disinterest in other things, especially on the American side of things, which the NHL cannot afford. If they're not going to have that many people in the stands, in the state, they're going to need some TV revenue, right? It's going to be really important this year. So what I would say is delay until February, because Very good chance that whatever side loses this election, they're going to challenge it right up to the Supreme Court, which will take a month and a half or two months, which means we don't have a defined person until probably late December or early January. And by the way, in mid to late January, that's when the new president or the incumbent would take second term or first term, depending upon who won. So this, you know, if anybody that thinks that the election will be decided on November 1st, I, you know, maybe. Uh Unless it's like if it's a landslide, maybe, but there's going to be a lot of challenges put forward. It's a contentious, contentious time as I don't need to tell you. So I would, if I was the NHL, I'd wait till February as well. Just my two cents.
2: Um, I don't think that's necessarily the case because of the NBA's moves right now to push it even further up. They're trying to get December 22nd, 23rd going amazing. And that's an American based league. And I think in Canada with the Canadian division, you can rely heavily heavily on those numbers being pretty high and bouncing back some of the, the uh, oh, and that revenue's fixed,
1: right? The Canadian right. money is fixed. It's the American money you got to worry about, mm-hmm. right? The Rogers deal is the Rogers deal. They're paying what they're paying. It's the American deal that I'd be more concerned about and the American revenue that I'd be more concerned about. But you know we'll what? See. We'll, we'll see how it goes. And you know what? The NBA, uh, they had, did they not have, they had pretty good ratings in the, in the playoffs. No, no. They they were, Everyone went down to except abandon, uh, like August WNBA. Basketball. Yeah, because yeah. it did not do well. It's just not doing well. No. It's just out of context for people, right? Man. They're in the rhythm. Um, okay, so maybe uh, I'm completely wrong. That was just my theory.
3: And sorry, there is uh, there is an official statement now from the AHL. Um, American Hockey League president and CEO, Scott Housen, I didn't know that, um, remember former Blue Jackets uh, GM?
1: Yeah, I do remember him.
3: Uh, has announced that the uh, league's board of governors has approved moving the anticipated start of the uh, 2020-2021 season to February 5th, 2021, due to the ongoing COVID-19 public health crisis. So to me, that's, it's still just their target. The AHL continues to work with its member uh, clubs to monitor developments and local guidelines in all 31 league cities. What a nightmare. And that's that's another league that has a lot of Canada, U.S. to contend with. Uh, further details regarding the season, uh, the American Hockey League uh, season, sorry, are still to be determined. In operation since 1936, the AHL, blah 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 blah. So I would love, I would love. By the way, what they
1: were, what Chris and Eric were talking about a couple of shows ago, where the AHL teams follow the NHL yeah. teams. Would you love to a it. like a double feature every time? I'd love to watch
2: AHL hockey in the afternoon and NHL in the in the evening. That would that be That should amazing. be permanent.
3: Oh, like I would that love.
2: What if both teams were just attached to each other forever and they just play the same games? And it's a sixty man awesome. roster. Yeah, that'd be the football awesome. Football team. One
1: in the <laughs> day. Thing every weekend, every day. I love it. I love that. Plus, if you have guys that have to report, now that's tough because a lot of cities can't support that. But nah. you have to have, if you have guys, um, guys that are like on, like, if, let's say they're traveling together all the time, like the Leafs and Marlies. If a guy gets promoted, everybody knows him. Right, that's it's that's not awkward anymore, and and maybe he fits into the system a little bit better. Maybe it's better for camaraderie. I don't double know. double decker planes. Yeah, everybody well, on one plane. Seven eighty sevens.
3: <laughs> Here's the really unfortunate part. What about players' families? Right? What do what you, mean? you mean? What about AHL players' families? Like because okay, are sure you talking about? Sorry. Okay, so let the Canucks farm team follows them around. They're allowed to have them,
1: by the way. Just throwing that out there. What?
3: Families. Family. <laughs> oh, for sure, your question. <laughs> no, no, no. Sorry, the Canucks farm team plays in Utica.
1: Yes. Uh-huh. Right, if Steve. If you're the member of a hockey family, you're used to moving.
3: Uh-huh. I'm not talking about move. So, this is not. So, you're bringing your NHL team with you, your AHL team with you, and all of their families. You don't travel. No, no. no AHL
2: teams don't take families with them. Also, well, the NHL what- team isn't bringing their family all around all no. year. Like, the Leafs' family members happen. aren't traveling with the Leafs all year.
3: So if you're a member of the Utica Comets and you have a family in Utica, then you're moving to Vancouver. Yeah. That's – dude, like that's – that's, that's, With that's what? These guys make 70 Gs, that's right? That's pro sports, Steve. That's what it
1: happens. The, the Marlies live in Toronto. They make 70 Gs. It's expensive to live
3: here, too. Not many of them.
1: <laughs> well, what I'm saying – but you know what I'm saying, right? Is that, like, if you're in a pro sports family – and and if you watched, remember that show Hockey Wives. Remember how crazy that was, how hard it was on those on those women. Yeah, but
3: but that's the Marlies players of... know that they're playing in in Toronto because they're right. Toronto the Marlies players. The of, Utica like... Comets are not anticipating living well, in Vancouver. What anything... happens if you get traded? You move your family, like yes. the same same deal. Yeah, yeah, but this is like maybe you know, oh, we'll arrange that in a month or two months or something. Like, if this season goes from more February permanent. to May, are these players not seeing their families then from February to May? No, they would
1: move them up. It's per- This is permanent. This is more permanent than, than what it would be. Like, I mean, if you think about the AHL too, how many guys from season to season are consistently with the same AHL team? There's way more movement in that league There's than a there is movement. in the NHL, right? Listen, I'm just thinking about it the way they're going to think about it. Well, and I agree with you, but I think that you have to make, yeah. if, you are a pro, if you're a pro athlete, movement's part of the biz and on the personal life scale. And I'm not saying that you shouldn't be sympathetic to that, but that's part of the gig. It is part of the gig. And yeah. if, you know, if you're in Utica and you're a Comet and you know that there's not going to be any cross-border playing, start looking for places in Burnaby. Start looking for places in Abbotsford. Start, because that's where you're going to be. What you know? about Chilliwack. Chilliwack's good too. I think that's a little far, but I don't know my BC as well as I should.
3: Isn't it uh, Chilliwack Bruins? Is that what they're called? Is that what they're called? I, don't know. I think so. Boom. Anyway. If they are, I hate them. Uh, so sorry I just I had to get that in there because uh, I can't help but feeling like some pretty significant news is probably going to drop and it ain't going to drop in the next half hour so we're going to miss it <laughs> that's all right that's okay. I think
2: it'll be a little bit they got some runway here yeah
1: man they, they, do. Ha- they had the GM's yeah. call here and they didn't just dis- they can't just come up with an announcement if they didn't have anything at the GM's call mm. a week ago yeah. yeah it's just odd that this is all coming together very fast yeah let's talk about the Mitchell Miller situation Uh, Mitchell Miller is a fourth round draft pick of the Arizona coyotes. As it stands, Mitchell Miller, uh, as a, from what we understand in a normal circumstance would have probably gone top 60, probably would have been in the first or second round, most likely mid mid heat, second round. And by all accounts player with some potential. I mean, if you're drafted, you got some potential, right? You're top 700 in the world outside of the NHL that year. You're pretty pretty good good player. That's pretty good. Mitchell Miller was not included on most teams' draft boards. They threw his name out. This is a guy with second round potential, and they didn't even put him on the board. And the reason for that, and this story broke maybe a week ago, not even a week ago, was it three, four days ago
2: now? I can't remember.
1: Story broke that the The 26th, so Monday. Right. So Mitchell Miller. It came out that when he was 14 years old, was bullying a, a black boy in his school who had learning disabilities. And not only w- you know, we talk about bullying. Um, everybody bullies a little bit. Everybody is bullied a little bit. There are more extreme cases in certain, in, in, in certain people's lives, and I'm not diminishing anyone's, but bullying tends to be, you know, you picked on, name called, pushed, shoved, sometimes there's fights, things like that. We've all seen it, we've all experienced it, right? Then there is, and I'm not, I'm not devaluing anyone's experience. Let me just put that out there. Then there is torture. When you read the court records of what Mitch Miller did to this young man, it's appalling. I'm going to raise one story with you just in case you haven't heard this. But where he got caught was not only did he call this young man the N-word, which is the worst word in the English language, in the history of the English language, he also took a lollipop, rubbed it on the inside of a urinal, a used urinal, and gave it to the kid to put in his mouth. The kid had to be tested for AIDS.
3: Yeah, Hepatitis, the whole deal.
1: At the hearing for this, the judge said to Mitchell Miller, I don't think that you're sorry. I'm paraphrasing here, but he said, I don't think that you're sorry. I think you're sorry you got caught, but I think you find this just inconvenient. And according to the Arizona Coyotes and Mitchell Miller's family, he sent an apology letter to all 31 NHL teams. The one person he has yet to apologize to and who he continued to bully after he was 14 and after he was tried for this was the young man who he tortured. Isaiah Meyer Crothers. And Isaiah Meyer Crothers' mother wrote an, uh, wrote a open letter to all the NHL team's Specific, well, to, to everybody, I guess, uh, and specifically to the Arizona Coyotes after this story broke. She said she didn't want to do it, and then she was going to do it. I don't know if you guys have it open there. Yeah, I, can I do, read it? Please oh, do, yeah. Jesse.
2: I'm All just right. giving context for this story. Yeah, her name is Joni. Uh, hello, I'm the mother of the boy that Mitchell Miller bullied. I read the statements made by the GM, Bill Armstrong, and find them demeaning to our son. Are you aware Mitchell never apologized to our son? Are you aware two years ago he still taunted him? Are you aware this went on for years? Do you understand the mental damage Mitchell did to our son? I respect you stating he sent all the NHL NHL teams an apology, but wouldn't it make sense if he was truly remorseful to send a letter to the kid that he brutally bullied both mentally and physically? Is it a surprise he sent all the NHL teams a letter because this was for his betterment? I guess an organization and NHL team, I would expect so much more and hold them to a higher standard, especially with all the Black Lives Matter movement. As much as we pray Mitchell will eventually see the damage he did to our son, we have seen no remorse. The other gentleman had a sincere apology to our son and our son forgave him. The magistrate said it best. Mitchell, I don't think you are remorseful for what you did more than you are upset for the negative attention you are getting. Again, the bully bully incident that continued over years has damaged our son mentally sin- significantly and your organization is more concerned about Mitchell and your hockey success. In my opinion, that is being part of the problem. There is a victim out there that was and still at the hands of your 111th pick. Best Joni. Pretty powerful.
3: Now, the coyotes knew. And it's not just that they knew, everybody knew.
1: Everybody knew. And we didn't know knew somehow. I'm surprised that story didn't come out before the draft.
3: At, well, no. He, I mean, he was like a second round-ish guy. Um, draft nuts would have known. Right? But like we we just aren't as invested in that. We gotta prioritize what we're paying yeah. attention to and uh you know once we get past pick 30, 15, 15 for us like yeah. Was, yeah like 10 <laughs> yeah like sorry i don't know everyone who, who did the leaves
1: draft again at number uh, number 15
3: Rodion amirov damn it go remember right his the... name remember his name but uh draft nuts uh for example like scott wheeler knew exactly who he was so here's what he said on october 26th on mitch miller personally uh, unranked in the summer and fall and winter of 2019-20. He was ranked 76th uh, in uh, spring 2020. Then he learned about the case. Then he subscribed to and read all of the Toledo News's original trial coverage. So the Toledo News obviously covered it. Put him on his do not draft. Well, I'll, I won't paraphrase. Do not draft on my final board. Highlighted the Coyotes' assaults. Uh, or sorry highlighted the assaults throughout the rest of my coverage. And here's what, here's the excerpt that he put Arizona coyotes. Before I dive into any analysis of the coyotes draft, it behooves me to highlight that their first pick of the day or first pick of day two, Mitchell Miller was involved in a pretty ugly bullying and assault case in 2016 of a black classmate with developmental disabilities. It landed him in court and the details are pretty disturbing. See the Toledo blades, Uh, coverage of the trial for more before learning about the case. I considered Miller for my draft boards after reading about it. uh, After reading on it more in more depth, I decided against ranking him. So coyotes didn't have any other first three picks this year. Uh, I think a couple of them were involved in trades. Does anyone remember why they lost their first? Because they
1: were trying people out. Uh, testing them interviewing them before the allotted time
3: right these guys were punished a first and second pick for giving themselves an unfair advantage of knowing too much about the 2020 draft class and their first pick was him they stink god they ought to be ashamed of themselves that's brutal is, how do you do that in the first place, knowing that, but then to be the one team that the NHL had to punish because you cheated and you knew too much about the 2020 draft class and, and that's your first pick. You suck. Garbage team. Garbage team.
1: It's pretty, fair, it's pretty clear that the Arizona Coyotes are the worst off-ice team in the NHL. Yeah. And like you know, the way John Shaka left, because John Shaka, by the way, Story goes, he had him pulled. He said, Absolutely not, we're not drafting.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Is that I that's, hadn't read that. That that's what I've heard. So that's what I read. And I want I I let me just put out there that I can't verify that like right at the moment, but that was part of part of the prep that I saw. So Bill Armstrong, while distancing himself from the pick itself because he didn't run the draft, is playing both sides here because he then stepped up and defended Mitch Miller and Bill Armstrong is they is the first time general manager was the assistant general manager in St. Louis under Doug Armstrong. Um uh, I I find it a little bit funny that the new GM would
3: have no say even if he's not announced yet, he'd had nothing to do. That's that's a tough one because they as they said it the Blues made it part of the agreement to allow him to join the Coyotes that he wouldn't help with their draft preparation. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Yeah, Can Uh,
2: I just confirm uh, Adam's uh, statement about Chayka? So in The Athletic, they reported that in a June draft meeting, the Coyotes, scouts, and front office staff Miller was removed from the team's prospect draft list after concerns were raised about inconsistencies that surfaced when Miller explained this incident. And then... In late July, Chaka's fired, and then um, intern GMs brought in, and then obviously the rest is history. And they draft him. So at one point, he was removed under Chaka from their draft board.
1: So, so you, whoever is in charge here, really, I mean, it's the it's the head of scouting and it's the interim GM. But beyond that, was it who was the interim GM? Was it Steve Sullivan? Steve Sullivan. Yes. Yes. So I'd like to know. I'd like a statement from Steve Sullivan on this one, and I'd like a, a statement from the head of scouting on this one, because if it wasn't Steve Sullivan and Steve Sullivan maybe didn't know because he was just kind of plopped in there and then removed, which is conceivable, I guess, but you feel like in hockey, it's a small circle. It's a really small circle. That shit gets around. It gets around. I have a hard time believing Steve Sullivan wouldn't have known. I have a hard time believing Bill Armstrong wouldn't have known. And whether or not Bill Armstrong himself was responsible for this particular pick, he did step up and defend mitchell miller and now he either didn't have context or he did have context and chose to defend him anyway and either sorry neither are acceptable well and it's not acceptable to not know the whole story it's not acceptable to know the whole story and defend it because there's nothing to defend
3: supposedly steve sullivan uh Sorry, this is the beginning of a Scott Burnside article from The Athletic. When the Arizona Coyotes' assistant GM, Steve Sullivan, announced that the Coyotes were proud to make 18-year-old Mitchell Miller the 111th pick in the 2020 draft, it rendered moot every noteworthy event in the league's fight against racism. It's a hell of a start there, Scott. And bullying, by the way. They have a pretty big anti-bullying campaign, as I recall,
1: which I think goes hand-in-hand with racism, but... Well, yes. You can see why the organization that Wayne Simmons and uh, 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 Evander Kane, all those guys are a part of, you can understand why they can't work with the NHL. But they came out and said, no, we can't work with them. <laughs> yeah. Like, how do you, how, <laughs> how does this happen? And the Arizona Coyotes were bragging about their CEO being on the anti-bullying committee for the NHL, not weeks ago. This is insane. And this is one of those stories where I really hope People, especially Coyotes fans, do not let them off the hook. Do not let them off the hook until they properly explain themselves. I know what happened here. I want Steve, I want Steve Simmons to make, it a, a, to, to make a public statement. I want their head of scouting to make a public statement. I want the owner to make a public statement. They all have to be held to account for this. And if they, if they sidestep it, if they defend it, press them again. Steve Sullivan, you said Steve, Steve Sullivan. Simmons. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, Steve Sullivan. I was confused. Well, Steve Simmons for other reasons, but no, I'm kidding. But Steve <laughs> Sullivan for sure,
3: for that sure. Is a big Don't know- story. He might write about it. Um, mm-hmm. I we we know exactly what happened here. They saw a second round talent available in the fourth round and pounced. And they didn't
2: care. 100%.
3: And hope this care. wouldn't come And they come
2: thought out. this could, could fly under the rug, you know?
1: How, how is anything going to fly under the table this this day and age? Especially is it, something something was registered in a
3: court. Now, many people said this incident happened when he was 14. Is it, is it possible that people can reform?
2: Jesse, what do you say to that? Uh, show me the receipts. And uh, this man has not shown any receipts. If anything, he has not walked into a store, and he has gone in a different direction and has chosen to steal from
3: uh, <laughs> stores. This this is the problem, right? There, of, of course, people can, of of course, fourteen year olds can be redeemed. Mm-hmm. Sure, of course. But it sounds like this continued. It sounds like there was a lack of remorse. Um, there was no apology uh to the boy he did this to Isaiah who, Isaiah who is now a man um and you know well this player was drafted and he did this and this player was drafted and he did this well I think you put your finger on the problem right mm-hmm. and we it know
2: is- there was no remorse or apology because uh the boy's mother said it in a letter mm-hmm. that in a letter that she was compelled to write after he was drafted you know Let me ask you this, guys, you
1: know, and and uh, I I really think this is an important question. What happened if you went home and had to tell your parents that you did exactly what Mitchell Miller did? What do you think they would do at 14 years old? What would they
3: have done? I try not to think about it.
1: Well, I can tell you what would happen to me. I'd never I wouldn't put on skates again. The funding Mm. for hockey would be cut. Um I would be in intense therapy assuming my family could afford it which thankfully I think they could have and would have um would be in sensitivity sensitivity training and I would be at their family's door apologizing. I guarantee you Ken and Marilyn would have been like we're going there now and you're apologizing now. We're not waiting another second. And not only are you're going to apologize now, you're going to apologize for the rest of your life as you continue to understand what it is you did. And I don't think that that's abnormal. I don't think my parents are heroes <laughs> like I th- in this hypothetical situation. I think that's a normal response.
3: No, I think they're just good parents. I was surprised skates were the first thing you mentioned. <laughs> Cause well, that's just, not would, where my, that's not where my brain went. That wouldn't would have been my top hockey. priority. <laughs> I would have never played. Ho- it doesn't matter how good I was. I would never
1: play hockey again until I was an adult and could afford it myself. I would have never watched TV, right? They, you would, I would, have, social life, I would have nothing, nothing.
3: No, I would have no belongings. I would have nothing. I probably would not own my own ass either.
2: <laughs> That's true. Yeah, that's that's very interesting that you'd say that um, that you would never be able to play hockey again, because then you got to when you say that you wonder, okay how come Mitchell was able to play hockey enough to where he's drafted into the NHL? Because he was good when he's doing these things. His parents still let him play a game growing up economic benefit. Yeah, even though he's 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 good being charged in a court as a 14 year old, his parents are still like, hey, go have fun on the ice. My parents put me in, uh, I got sick of playing competitive
1: hockey, which I wasn't good at anyway. And I, was, I didn't want to spend my Friday nights, you know, power skating. And I knew I wasn't going to make the NHL. So it made a lot more sense for me to just go back to house league and have a good time. And I remember uh, uh, one of the years that I did, um, my grades weren't very good in school. I think this was grade seven. And my parents said after the f- first couple of weeks of hockey, and I was the captain on this team. OK, because I just come back from competitive. I was like pretty good and compared to House League. And they said, you're not playing uh, for the next three months. And I didn't. Oh, damn. And that was just that, that's because my grades were in the mid 60s, which, by the way, that's how I graduated. I was like with a 69 average, but they were so upset about my grades, my grades that I didn't get to play for 12 weeks. My grades. How did your grades now, what, do? Uh, I, I got up in the mid-70s. Guys, I wasn't a great student. <laughs> I think the point but is... I was underperforming.
2: Right. Right?
1: I was never a great student. <laughs> and I think they sort of accepted that as well. Not, mm-hmm. By the way, neither were fucking they, okay?
3: My parents <laughs> didn't. Oh,
1: so,
3: tell me you didn't bring that up during the argument. No, I don't think I knew <laughs> okay. that
1: until later, conveniently. Um, but the, the reality was they knew I was underperforming and not taking it seriously. And they said, so the one thing that you love the most, we're taking that now. So take us seriously because we're going to take it away. And my parents long divorced was not always easy between the two of them, but one thing they agreed on was great discipline for me. Oh, they came together like Hulk Hogan and macho
3: man to to form the superpowers and (laughs) kick your ass.
2: Absolutely. I'm not, I'm not a parent. Hopefully one day I am. You two are parents, but you're not, you don't have 14 year olds yet, but I hope all the parents of 14 year olds, if, if your 14 year olds out there bullying and getting charged in juvenile court, I hope they're not allowed to also go out and play hockey and have fun. Mm-hmm. Like that doesn't, those things seem like they shouldn't correlate. You shouldn't be allowed, you should have some sort of punishment and you should be in like better standing with yourself as a person mm-hmm. at 14 uh, if you're going to be going out and having fun all the time and playing hockey.
3: The, the priority this- number one should have been Isaiah. And yes, it, it yes. doesn't sound like it ever was Isaiah. Let me let me and ask that's you this. The, a big problem.
1: Along those lines, Steve, if this story comes out and so we find out what's happened in Toledo, right? we the Toledo. I forget what the newspaper was, but we're looking Blight. at the articles and and I, Isaiah's mom. And I forget her name, Jesse. Joni. 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 Joni comes out after this story breaks. Everybody's reacting as they will. And she says, well, wait a second here. This is a guy that went through multiple layers of sensitivity training. He apologized multiple times. He came to our house. It was a sincere apology, which she said the other boy in the incident did. Yeah. So she's not like she's afraid to admit that somebody apologized and that, that Isaiah forgave him. Mm-hmm. It's not like she wasn't, there isn't forgiveness in these people's hearts. And she said, I'm hoping that he does. Imagine how different this, different this story is if he just shows up and does the bare fucking minimum. And this Just is apologize. the thing we know this. it's
3: wrong unless we've seen you know, this. we've seen this in professional sports we've seen it in the NHL X person did X horrible thing it's well documented either the person he did that horrible thing to says you know I've long forgiven them they're remorseful blah 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 or the family comes forward and says we've forgiven them etc etc it's very different from the situation, right? right? There's
2: an alternate reality where j- this story still breaks in 2018, this story from 2016 and Joni writes this letter and it's a letter about how much Mitchell has changed, you know, and how much work he's done with Isaiah and their best friends now because he's actually changed as a person, but the exact opposite happened because that's not the case
3: yeah and t- teams aren't stupid they do do their due diligence uh,
1: yeah i mean you no. saw in Moneyball. oh he's got an ugly girlfriend no confidence
3: right so they, <laughs> they, they do will, their research guys yeah they will well and they always talk about let you know i know he's five nine but his dad's huge he's gonna be six yeah. four you you watch that's Just all they said on the years. draft it's uh, <laughs> <laughs> um it's true uh where was i going with all that I can't well, remember now. You sidetracked me with the giant with they the giant the homework parents. is
1: what you were saying.
3: Oh teachers. yeah, it's not uncommon. I have heard for teams to be like, you know, just throw it into the middle of a conversation to throw the player off. Hey, what about this? And then all of a sudden, you better know all about that, and you better not lie because they know the truth. Yep. And you better be real sorry, etc. Mm-hmm. etc. Cetera, et cetera. And it's not a forced so, sorry. This has to be genuine. The coyotes who were punished for doing too much due diligence did not do the due diligence due, due diligence on this because they must have asked him about it. Here's the actually thing, I Steve, think they I said think, they did and they were satisfied they by his response.
1: They did the due diligence and ignored the reality. They I didn't think give a shit happened. because
3: he's a second round talent who was available in the fourth. He because wasn't he on was the draft good.
1: board
2: at one point because
1: it's, of this. Because he was good. It's why the reason he got to keep playing hockey at 14,
3: because he was good. We're going to just let that go. Hope it goes away. There's an alternate reality, Jesse, as long as we're talking about these, where he goes undrafted Mm -hmm. and realizes, wow, Mm -hmm. this has really followed me around. I have made mistakes. And then he properly repents, you know, tries his best to make do and maybe the family forgives him and then maybe word gets around to the nhl teams and then maybe this guy's able to have an nhl career right. properly the you know what i mean
2: is here that right now he's at north dakota he's north dakota's also released a statement saying that they accepted him and they hope that their culture at North Dakota can reform him. How about they do something about it actively rather than hoping their culture will passively do it. Right. So we'll see about that, but it's just, he can't sign a contract in the NHL while he's playing at the university of North Dakota. So hopefully if there is no remorse that, that never, that contract never surfaces from the coyotes and they have an opportunity here to not give that. And it's just,
1: Sorry, Jesse, to cut you off there. I, I didn't mean to. I thought um, no, go I thought you finished the sentence. But this no. is a good reminder that organizations like the uh, uh, Black Girl Hockey Club and the new H- Hockey Diversity Alliance, uh, those, are, uh, those are the groups you want to be supporting right now. You know, uh, if the NHL was committed, they'd be working with both of them. And, you know, the Hockey Diversity Alliance came out and said, we can't work with them. It's performative. They don't mean it. Keep pushing. We had these conversations in the summer. Keep pushing because we're not there yet. Here's another stark reminder. And I actually, I'm sort of surprised that when the Hockey Diversity Alliance said we can't work with the NHL, that it wasn't a bigger story. It's crazy to me. That was kind of like, oh, we can't work with them. And then it was like,
3: just went away. They came out in public, said it. So the coyotes have to take the longest look in the mirror. Oh boy, it's a they've it's a had mess. a listen, they in terms of scandal, um a lot of the Sens scandal of two seasons ago was more cartoony. Like the Uber thing. Mm-hmm. Ooh. There's an Uber video. Ooh. It was all oh, they just can't catch a break. And like part of the can't catch a break was just their team was bad.
2: There were so many privacy things wrong with that, too.
3: Yeah. yeah. That coming
2: out. That made like, me uncomfortable. Yeah. What a creep.
3: Yeah. yeah. No. it Well, and that's part of the reason why they didn't get completely hammered for it is most people were like, no, no, and that driver. Who doesn't bitch about their boss? So, right. And if you are a boss, sorry, you're being bitched about. They they know. Oh, yeah, it happens. Jesse and people I complain at Adam all the time. Oh, yeah. Yes. Like, I'm the boss here. <laughs> get out of here. I mean, I wouldn't blame you, but. No. Nah. It's uh, that big-ass, big-headed asshole. No. Um, <laughs> where, where was I going with My that? only
2: boss is Bruce Springsteen.
3: That's, oh, hey. There so, you go. So that was the sentence of two years ago. The, the Calamity team this year was the Coyotes. Make no mistake about that. And it's only getting worse. And the stakes are so much higher for the things that they fucked up. Well, yeah. And I don't think any of them were
1: worse than this. Economically, this is going to be the hardest on the Coyotes, what we're going through right now. Yeah. This team was already in trouble in the best of times.
3: Well, so what they'll need, Adam, is a first and second round. Oh, nope. They They lost that that because they broke the rules when it came to drafting. But it's okay. Mm -hmm. They're going to get the best people. Oh, nope. Because (laughs) they got this guy.
1: Yeah. If I'm the owner of this team and I've just paid whatever, $500 million or whatever it was. I'm hauling everybody in there. Central Scout. Or I'm hauling in my scouts. I'm hauling in the interim GM that I paid for that. I'm a ca- hauling in the current GM. I'm calling in the CFO. I'm calling them all in. And I'm saying, I didn't pay $500 million for you guys to be fucking assholes and make me look terrible. Unless the owner's in on it. Uh Alex Marulo? I would I be know, I don't know, how you say it. I would be livid. And it, it's one of those things, guys. This is one of those things where if this it like. If you do this in any other organization, you're on thin ice forever, or you're just gone. You make a company well, look bad,
3: try working for an any, any other company. You, try, you make them look bad like this, you're gone. There's because, a lot of working fired right now for the Coyotes. Yeah. You're working, but you're fired. You're, it's a matter of time. Start looking. You're, yeah. yeah. I'd start looking.
2: Can we all rewrite history and like build a time machine where the or the point when the NHL bought the Arizona co- Coyotes back because nobody wanted to own them and we just moved the franchise to like Quebec City or something.
3: Yeah, because I feel like it deserves it. The <laughs> like, state of Arizona is not responsible for the Coyotes being shitty and employing shitty people. No. <laughs> Neither are the
1: fans
2: who don't deserve this.
3: No. Right. I feel, yeah, I, I do feel bad for Coyotes fans. I mean, the person I feel I, for. I is just Isaiah feel like The
2: yeah. franchise never really worked in Arizona. No.
3: It's no. getting, how is it getting worse? Because it was not ever going to work. It was not ever going to work. Why did Bill Armstrong accept this job? Like, you're, because you're it the was guy. the job. Huh? It was a job because it was a GM job. There's only 31. Of them. No, it's not. No, it's not. There's 30 GM jobs and the Coyotes job. I don't know that he would (laughs) have. Yeah,
1: (laughs) I guess. I guess.
3: What? I would like someone to point to the lie.
1: Yeah, I think he probably just wanted to be a GM, man. Yeah. Which I can't say. They won a playoff
3: series more recently than the Leafs. All right, hang that that in the rafters along with all your jet shit. Like Jack's
1: record. Yeah. That's record. record. Yeah.
3: Yeah. The the Thomas Steen and Dale Howardchuck coyotes. Yeah. Uh, like just <laughs> Coyote just, great. Just, mm-hmm. They uh you talk about a total culture overhaul. I mean, maybe now Bill Armstrong gets to have a little fun. Like I'm like I'm I'm telling you, there's a lot of work and fired. Uh Bill Armstrong, right now. Bill
1: Armstrong Bill is because of what he said, he's responsible here too.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. We'll, we don't know
1: the... I do know that he defended Mitchell Mar or Mitchell Miller, not Mitch. Martin. Yes. So yes. so now you're in it, pal. Yeah. You didn't also, have to say anything. You could have said, you know what? It was out of my control. I was not the GM at the time. We're going to look at this internally. Uh, clearly, we got some issues and we apologize to the fans. We apologize to the league. Uh, the Coyotes will be better. better
2: a lot better, right? Second team in Toronto looks good. Yeah. He could also say
1: this guy will never sign a contract with this team until we get some proof that give me some receipts and it's going to take years. No, we'll hold it. We'll just hold his rights. Never sign. They can do that. They can do that till he's 21. That's three years. Mm -hmm. Figure it out. Anyway, I, you know, the thing is, is that, and it goes back to, there were a lot of people that came out and said, can you redeem a 14 year old? For sure. This one just wasn't. So, you know, dig deeper into the story before you start tweeting stuff like that. Yeah. And it's, it's yeah. it's very telling when you don't read the whole story and tweet something like that. Because okay. if you read the whole story, you wouldn't tweet something
2: like that. There you know were, what I'm saying? There were two boys involved in this incident, and Joni and Isaiah forgave one of them. Bingo. I think that Doesn't says it say say all. It says it, it, all. Don't, says it <laughs> all. Don't tell me that one 14 year old in this story was redeemed and the other wasn't.
3: Can you get into <laughs> specifics with that? Because so, that's a detail I don't think many people know.
2: Yeah. When uh, his last name Hunter McKee and Mitchell Miller were both charged for both of the the same incident. So they, uh, they both bullied Isaiah um, and they were both charged and convicted and uh, ordered to do the community service. And Hunter was forgiven by Joni and the family because he, he apologized to Isaiah. He seemed to do the work that was asked of him and he seemed remorseful. And Joni came out and said that uh, Mitchell did not do any of that stuff.
3: That's extremely significant that there's two Huge. and one was forgiven and one Huge. wasn't. That's, that's more significant.
2: That like, that like That's more context. Right? So if, if you're asking, hey, he was 14 when he did it. And why aren't you in the past? Well, another 14-year-old did the exact same thing, was there, was in the exact same situation, and they are forgiven. So yeah. there are steps you can take. And he didn't take them.
3: Is that, is that? I think it? we'll leave it there. I hope Isaiah's all um, right, man. Yeah. Well, me too. I just, I just, I think about the moment he found out that, you know, what happened to the push pop, mm-hmm. the moment or the moment, the probably days waiting for the tests to come back. Like what he put him through, man. That's, it's, and not to mention the taunts and the fact that it supposedly continued. It's all awful. It's terrible. Yeah,
1: Uh, we are going to have to take a turn and and just announce some, you know, go through some hockey news. I know this isn't, you know, it's never easy to transition out of these topics, but we have to. Aggressive. Um, Tyler Bertuzzi awarded three point five million dollars in arbitration. That's a lot of money, but really good for Tyler Bertuzzi.
3: He was an all star. I mean, it's it's uh, whatever. I I know.
1: Well, and I know Tyler Bertuzzi is a very good player. I'm not slagging him for that. I'm just saying. It was more money, I think, than Detroit was expecting.
3: Why are you slagging him? No, uh, he, uh, so 21 goals in each of his past two seasons. You know, he's got a longer resume of success than Leo Komarov had in the NHL at the time. Um, 47 points the year before, 48 in 71 on the league's worst team. Um, And he made the all-star team, which does matter in these conversations, right? Like in in these negotiations. Um, So for anyone who thought it was a big dollar amount, uh, I'm you know, frankly, the fact that it was the arbitrator's amount, I'm surprised that's all he got.
1: Colorado gets even freaking better for the next four years. Devin T- uh, Tays has signed for four years at 4.1 per, which, man, uh, talk about a goal! A guy that both both sides of the coin in terms of the quote-unquote analytics debate love. Um, the Islanders loved him because he was a, a tough, uh, it was like he's a, just a tough guy to play against. But also, if you look at the advanced analytics on Devin Tays, they're all great. This guy is a steal at $4.1 million. The Colorado Avalanche are going to win the cup here, guys. It's coming.
3: You <laughs> I'll be, put it this way. I'll be surprised if they don't. And so the 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 sod trade was essentially sod for Zadorov, And less and a
1: million less of sod's money, too.
3: And that's stupid. And Zadorov, you know, big hits for sure. Terrible. Uh, P.K. Subban said it best in that mic'd up segment. Uh, yeah, he's not very good. Uh, which is great. You should check that out. Type in PK Subban Zadorov. It's a very funny little clip. Um, but yeah, analytically, he's he's brutal. And now you're getting a guy who brings to the table some of the things that Zadorov does, plus really good at defense. Yeah. Um, yep. man, of all the moves, I thought Colorado could have made to get better. I mean, I thought they were going to get Taylor Hall on like a cheap one-year deal or something like that. Um, but apparently, you know, Buffalo is just too tantalizing. Um, I did not see this coming. Wow, did they get the,
1: better? Devin Jays is exactly the kind of guy I would want on the Leafs. He's exactly the kind of guy that I would love to have on defense, and it's exactly the kind of trade that would never happen because Lou is not trading with Kyle Dubas ever. No. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, unless, it's, unless it's taking Matt Martin.
3: A team that, if they had been healthy, could have won the Cup this year got even better.
1: They're scary good. Uh, Okay, so let's go through. Uh, By the way, Hayden Fleury also signed two years, two point six million with the Carolina Hurricanes, which is just another great deal for them. Um, Let's have a look at who remains. Uh, And this, this uh, trade, the TSNs actually put up uh, some top remaining UFA's as of a couple days ago.
0: Sorry,
1: Alex Galchenyuk signed for a million bucks, million oh five. I guess if you want to get specific. Uh, I guess they really needed that extra fifty grand in there, um, and I, I can
3: blame them. Uh, I, I was looking that up today. He's made twenty two and a half million dollars over his career. It's not bad. The agents like wait, one fifty <laughs> million, million? Absolutely not. <laughs> that is, we need like an to we need a free SUV. Yes, out of yeah. this, yeah, yeah, like a free exactly. middle of the middle
1: line SUV or or a nice pickup. Yeah. Uh, Middle of the line pickup too. Um, So no snow tires. I got to say, Ottawa's done a pretty damn good job this off season. They've spent some money. They ended up, do you think Ottawa going into this off season and and I'll include Galch in this, would have expected to walk away with Matt Murray, Evgeny Dodonov and Alex Galchenyuk and then have Tierney signed for what he signed for. um, uh, Connor Brown signed for what he signed for, for
3: I think it was four more years. Like this is, it's shaping up to be pretty good. And going forward, they still have their own first, their own second, Columbus's second, San Jose second. I mean, the, the really Ottawa senators work. are exactly where they ought to be. And if they end up not being very good, which I still don't think they'll be very good, the amount of... Hey, Cedric! Somebody came to join me. <laughs> what's up, The Entertainer? Adam's dog is on camera right now. How you doing, bud? Give you him just a, to say hi. He's giving you the little mlem tongue. He needs a bath, uh, though. Ugh. Ugh. Um <laughs> They have a bunch of guys on one year deals who could be very appetizing at the trade deadline. Like, you know, we go, oh, Erica Branson. You're, you're telling me no one's going to want him at the deadline? Somebody's going to pay a third round pick for him. Mr. Big Scary Jim probably going to play big minutes third. this season. Jim Rutherford oh, yeah. wants him back. Oh, yeah. Good Branson. Good Branson, CeCe. Mike Riley, Galchenyuk. Yep. Anisimov is another guy who could be available. It's all I think is going according to plan. I'm going to give you centers. the.
1: I'm going to give you the top 10 free agents still available, according to TSN. And I want to ask you this. Of the names I name here, and Jesse, I want you to weigh in on this, and I'll have mine as well. Mm -hmm. Steve, obviously, the question is for you first. Who has the most to gain? Who has the most to lose of these top 10? Mike Hoffman, Eric Holla, Corey Perry, Michael Granlund. Anthony Duclair, Sammy Vatnin, Zdeno Chara, who may or may not play, Andreas Athanasiou, Carl Soderberg, and Travis Hamonic. Who's got the most to gain here? Most to gain? Yeah. By being a free agent? Well, by holding out as long as they have. And I'm not saying they have a lot to gain. I'm just saying who's got the most to gain?
3: Can I say no one? Sure. Like holding out cannot be a strategy this year. It can't be. There's no. There's none of this playing hard to get, being all all bashful, uh, with free agency in 2020. There is no money for you. There's no money for you. So like Mike, Who's Hoffman, not the most to lose? Mike Hoffman's not playing hard to get right now. He can't find a team. Oh, but this there's six a, teams interested. Just ask his agent. This, I'm sure. <laughs> there's he's a, he's a consistent 28 goal scorer. Who cannot – that is July 3rd at the latest most years. This is why I made a 2019 and a 2020 grade for Kyle Dubas. This guy can't find a team. I would he love to know what, he, what was put in front of him
2: <laughs> October 9th that he turned down. Yeah, I would love to know that. love to see that offer. Yeah, what's he regretting right I now? Bet
1: he, I bet he got I – I bet he got a Dodonov offer. I bet he got $15 million over three years, mm-hmm. and he said, no, not enough. Whatever it
3: was, because
1: he was making 5.19 as of last season.
3: Whatever it was, it was higher than nothing.
2: I got a most to gain answer for you. What do you got? I think Corey Perry, waiting as long as possible, has got a lot to gain. Don't hate that. that, Corey Perry Perry is 35 now, almost at the end of the the line. He's going to want to sign with a cup contender. We're going to get near into training camp. Some team's going to be like, okay, we need the old guy to make the push, and Mm -hmm. Corey Perry's going to hop on that team, and I think he's going to have the pick of the litter once training camp rolls around. He's just going to sign a league min and get on a team that's going to be competing for a cup.
3: And I agree with Jesse because you know what Corey Perry does not need? Money. No, exactly. Estimated career earnings, 85, almost 85.8. Is that a lot of money?
2: Yeah. So yeah, the guy with the most to gain is the guy who doesn't need money. He just needs situation.
3: The the guys Uh who are most screwed by all this are the guys looking for their first and maybe second paydays. I think you guys are looking at
1: this the wrong way. Oh, yeah. I think you're looking at the immediate future. I think you're too close to the picture or too close to the exposed brick wall to see all of the bricks. Okay. You're just seeing the brick in front of you. What I'm saying is you got a lot to gain if you step into the right situation. There are two names on that list that really stick out to me. Eric Holla and Travis Hammock.
3: I'm surprised Holla's still available, yeah.
1: Yeah, now, centerman, right-handed defenseman. Two most important positions in the game. The most valuable positions. You know a team's going to pick them up. And you know that they're going to be probably on one-year deals because these are very, very good hockey players. I think depending upon the team that those guys end up at, they have the most to gain because if they go into UFA next year and they have a great season with potentially a bad team, because chances are it's going to be a bad team at this point, all the on paper, good teams have spent their money. You're going to get a lot of ice time and you're going to have a lot of responsibilities thrust on you. I think Travis Hamannick has a, was a little bit buried in the Calgary amazing defensive core that they had fair, right? I mean, on most teams, on the Leafs last year, for sure, Travis Hamonic's their top pairing right defensive. But Calgary had T.J. Brody, and 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 they also have Giordano, and they also have uh, they have great young players as well coming up. I think a guy like Hamonic, who is I believe 29 or 30, I'm just looking that up right now. He is 30 years old. Roughly. Yep. Not only is he going to be a good mentor, apparently he's a great guy. Now this this could be for him geographically dependent. Uh, we know that he wanted to be on the West coast of Canada, which is why he was traded out of New York in the first place. Um, I'm, I'm wondering if he doesn't end up on a team like Winnipeg and kick some ass. That'd and be a good match. I think. I, I think it would be a perfect match. And then you look at Eric Haller, another guy that's probably a, you know, on, on a, on a very good team is the third line center on a not so good team. He's the second line center. There's lots of teams looking for center depth. Eric Haller could put, I what did he have 35 points last year? 24 points last year. He only played only played played 48 games. That's a guy that can get you almost 50 points. He puts up 50 points as a centerman. That's big money. Uh, And I think those two guys have the most to gain. They just have to pick a situation, frankly, where they're going to have more responsibility, which means the lesser of the of the of the talented teams. I'm talking Ottawa. I'm talking Detroit. I'm talking New Jersey. I'm talking Chicago. And in Chicago's case, you get to play behind Jonathan Tays. And you get to play with Duncan Keith. That's
3: There's a bunch the of teams. There's a bunch of teams, man, where I'm so confused as to where they stand. Like, oh, I'm looking at the Bruins right now. And the reason they caught my eye is their cap space is over 6.6 million. Yep. And all these names, I'm just like, holy God. Like, they're a, lot a cup of contender. It is. And they're, they're a cup contender to begin with. Mm-hmm. But... They still have to re-sign Jake DeBrusque. Okay, that takes up some money. What if they bring back Zidane Chara? Okay, that takes up some money. And They're probably not going to have much left. They have. Cap Friendly has all three of Pasternak, Marshand, and uh, Kevin Miller. Kevin, Kevin, Kevin yeah. Miller on injury reserve right now.
1: Why? Oh, because they're are they're getting they're getting worked on. I. Don't know. I I'm pretty sure Marsha that was announced right after the season that he was getting It was knee or something. Okay. But
3: like, so then those guys come off. Are they now astronomically over the cap? Like, I don't, I'm very, it's very confusing. Well, we'll
1: see how it goes but I think those are the two guys that, uh, that have the most to gain. Uh, let's also not let this episode pass without a quick shout-out to uh, Joey Moss, who was a huge part of the Oilers organization for more than 30 years. Uh, he was there during the Gretzky Cup years. Uh, he was also part of uh, the Edmonton uh, CFL team's years, um, a guy that sang the national anthem and a, a treasure in Edmonton and an all-around good guy that everybody loved. And uh, I love that picture of Connor McDavid, Wayne Gretzky, and Joey. Uh, so rest in peace to Joey. Uh, shout out to his family in Edmonton. Uh, you will be missed. What, what
2: a great character and an amazing part of the game and an amazing part of Edmonton sports, right? Yeah, seeing all of the photos and memories being shared this week, it really put a smile on my face. You know, it was just a happy yeah. dude who, who helped a lot of people. And I love positivity. that.
1: <laughs> I love that Gretzky was like, hey, man, they even traded me. And they couldn't get rid of Joey. Like Joey's, Joey's the oh, guy. Joey is Edmonton.
2: So that, gonna that was tear cool. up. <laughs> yeah. Right.
3: He's, yeah. he's been around, he's been around a long time and, you know, I've seen, I guess maybe I'm, I'm weird about how, uh, you know, people with disabilities are portrayed sometimes, sometimes I, I think it's easy to, um, what is the word? almost make them sound like kids almost patronize them patronize Understand. there's that's a good one Understand. um and also just kind of make them into a mascot almost and joey moss was absolutely not that he was part of their culture he was part of their team um you know he was everyone's co-worker he was everyone's friend um, and if you want to know what he meant to the Edmonton Oilers, read what everyone's saying about him. Uh, Wayne Gretzky, Mark Spector, you know, everyone who ever played for or covered the Oilers. Craig Simpson does both. He had something to say. Anyone who was ever involved with the Oilers in any way, even just as a fan, had something to, good to say about Joey Moss. Let's do the press conference.
2: We have something very important to get to. The
0: Presser oh. S- 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 The Press Conference.
2: Mm-hmm. And I don't know if we're going to survive when we're done talking about it. Okay. Which Halloween candy box is the best? Oh, I
3: answered Candy box. box. So this is a collection of candy. Yes. For those of you
2: who are not Canadian, in Canada, we have these boxes where you get your mini chocolates. So they come in like packs of 50. They're the tiny chocolates you hand out in, in, uh, for Halloween when people go trick-or-treating. There are, every chocolate company owns a certain number of chocolate bars in the market. So like there's Hershey, there's Cadbury, there's a couple other companies and they all make these boxes. So you get a different variety in different boxes and they all have their market cornered. There's three main ones that are in every grocery store. There's a red box, There's a black box and there's a purple box.
3: Okay. So for those of you
2: who are not not Canadian, you won't know some of these chocolate bars. And also like things like Kit Kat tastes different in the States than in in Canada because a different company makes them. Yes. What? So unless licensed brand. Yeah, it's a licensed brand in the States and uh, a different company makes them here. So they taste a little different. What? Yeah. Yeah. They're better here, by the way. They Wait, are no. they are so. If you've never like been, to states kick out, is like. It's, I've
3: never really.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's not a huge good. thing. So I'm gonna I'm gonna list these boxes. Steve and Adam, tell me which one you think is the best. So in the black box we have M and M's, peanut M and M's, Snickers, Mars, and Twix. Strong <sighs> box. It's a it's a front
1: run. sure. Okay. Yo, the only negative for me in that box is peanut M and M's, which are a joke. A so,
3: joke. Sorry. So, m ms peanut m ms Mars, Snickers, Twix.
2: Yeah. Pops. So it's the Pops. only box with five items. Right. right. very key. But it means box. you get less of the thing that you like the most. It does. So they're all like packs of 50. So it'll just be split differently. The so rest are also 10. packs of 50, but mm-hmm. they only have four items. So number two, the red box. Red box is Coffee Crisp, Kit Kat, Arrow and Smarties,
3: another strong box. Strong yeah, box. That's, a, that's, box. A, that's a that's the, the a weakest
1: link box. in that has got to be Smarties, right? Yeah, I don't think Smarties are not. They're just they're like they're supposed to be like cut. They're Canadian M and M's, but they're just mostly candy and a little bit of this tasteless chocolate.
3: Uh, they they're bigger Canadian M and M's, kind of chalky. They're a little chalky, but yeah. Coffee Crisp <laughs> is Coffee Crisp is such a controversial topic in this country. Mm-hmm. Why? Dalm decision was going at it, I think,
2: people the other love day, them or or hate them.
3: Hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. People, people love just, coffee. People on the guy side of it. You know? yeah. Yeah. I love them. Yeah. I love them, too. I absolutely love them. Okay, so the good mix. third box. Wait, here, one one more time. Kit Kat, Coffee Crisp Smarties, and Arrow. Arrow. Arrow, yeah. which is
1: outrageously good. Yeah, and so by I the listening. way, yep, uh, I thought Coffee Crisp was how coffee tasted, and then I tried a real <laughs> coffee when I was a kid, and I was like, that is not how a coffee. And you were disappointed. Just
2: fake coffee. Boy, was I in for a shock. Number okay. three, the purple box. The purple box. Wonder bar, purple stuff, caramilk, crispy crunch, and Mr. Oh. Big. Oh, I love Mr. Big. Mr. Big, I think, is the greatest chocolate bar of all time. So crispy
1: crunch is different from a crunch bar, correct?
2: Yes. Yes. Very, very different. I love a crunch bar. Crispy, crunch crispy is for crunch crunch some reason sucks. Crispy crunch does suck. Yeah, it's all no, it sticks your mouth. It's all weird to bite. That's into. why it's, it's the best. You eat, it yeah. <laughs> you eat it for an hour. <laughs> like yeah, for an hour. It's like The best. So I sent you guys a picture if you want to take a look and have have a look over. Is oh, it okay. in our? our is it our thing? It yeah, our in the group Facebook? chat. I,
3: I need this because that's so, a lot to consider. Yeah, right the now. picture is huge. I have my three blackberries. Hmm. And I got the red box. No, <laughs> oh, the purple <laughs> box. Blackberries, yeah, and and the black box. Yeah. So I'm giving you
2: what a, they cost four ninety nine or whatever. I'm giving you one five dollar bill. You're walking into the local food basics, Metro, no frills, Sobies, whatever it is, Longos. Jesse, we're
1: doing this tomorrow on Virgin Radio, by the way.
2: Oh, 100 percent. Like this is our main topic tomorrow. <laughs> we're doing and it for three hours straight. Yeah, we're just gonna do it over and over and over again with a new audience each hour. Um, okay, so what do you guys pick? The black box, I'll run it over again. Black box, M&M's, peanut M&M's, Snickers, Mars Twix. Red box, Coffee Crisp, Kit Kat, Aero Smarties. Purple box, Wonder Bar, Caramel, Crispy Crunch, Mr. Big. Let me throw this out there too. Anybody that looks
1: at this picture, because I know Jesse's going to flash this across the screen and says the black box has more stuff in it. So I'm taking that because it has 120 and the next box has 50. No. I'm Assume that it's the same. Yeah, it's 50 in each. We're we're buying
2: the 50 packs. Yes, you're buying a 50 pack. You're not buying whatever
1: packs. Yeah, because I know our listeners and I know they'll split hairs. (laughs) If there are hairs to split,
3: they will split them. Yes. Okay. Jesse, make sure you put black, red, purple, not purple, (laughs) Adam Wilde,
2: Steve. (laughs) Hey, (laughs) as long as the boxes sit in the right seats.
1: Yeah, well, that's true. <laughs> hey, Steve, what, where, where am I? Are you going to look to the left or the right today?
3: <laughs> oh, no, I got to look down. And there's
1: Jesse. Yes, Jesse, go ahead. <laughs> See, Steve, you're down and Jesse's over here. So Steve's down here. Jesse's over here. Oh anyway, it's long gonna story be backwards. short, you should, you should watch the, uh, watch the episode. Um,
2: Hopefully no one's high. Okay, Steve, what's your this? guess, man? What's your pick? What are you taking? What are you walking out of the grocery store with?
3: This is tough. Because I like picking coffee crisp on principle. Arrow is so underrated. I feel like the older you get, the better
2: it is. Mm, the bubbles. You,
3: you know what would make that box elite? Mint Arrow. Mint <sighs> Arrow is. So you can't, so edit, good. The boxes. But you can't edit the box. But you can't edit
2: the Dark chocolate Arrow, too, by the way. So good.
3: Now, Arrow has delicious. so many
2: different kinds of Arrow, and they're all so good. They're all good.
3: Now, the black box. That's an elite box.
1: Mars Steve. is my... We've gone through them all. Pick one. We know what's in each box now. Like, this Steve was a podcast. This one more time.
3: I picked the purple box. Purple box? What Whoa. is wrong with you? I picked the purple box. Wow. Because to me, it's just a perfect oh, mixture. No. It really is perfect. You got caramel milk for oh. the gooey. You got Wonder Bar for the soft. You get Mr. Big for the peanutty. And you get Crispy Crunch for the eat it for four hours. No. I got to tell you, the things that that don't sell me on that box
1: is Crispy Crunch and Wonder Bar. I wouldn't even touch them. I wouldn't even no. open the you rack. You wouldn't room. touch Wonder Bar? I, I would never it. eat no. a Wonder Bar. Never. never. Ever. It would sit what? there yeah. for months. I would not touch it. I'm with you. Literally. Adam. And I'm a chocolate person. I love chocolate. I can't have it in the house.
3: Now, what kills me, though, is my two favorite chocolate bars that are selectable coffee crisp in the red and Mars bar in the black. Wow. And you didn't pick either of those boxes. Oh, no, he, he's done now. Don't give him the opportunity. Uh, Final answer. You're crazy. No, I'm changing to the black box. I'm changing. You're, no, you're, you're crazy, man. No, you're purple in you the black box. <laughs> you're purple. You walked no, walk down with I want purple You're purple. You're no. purple. Jesse's
1: right, but you're purple. No. <laughs>
3: okay. Fine. I'll take
1: purple. Right. It's delicious. So, Jesse, because you were the one to bring it up, I'm gonna yeah. be the one that goes next, so we can save your answer for last. Sure. And my answer is easy. I voted on your online poll immediately. Uh, it wasn't even a question. Smarties, Aero, Kit Kat, Coffee Crisp, nut- that red all the way. You cannot lose with red. Red is beautiful. It's got the perfect mix of everything. You can share them with your friends. And I, in fact, I think Jesse bought the red box and brought it into work today because I, <laughs> I seem to remember eating like eight mini Kit Kats this morning. <laughs> I did a have a red box.
3: box. It's such a good box. Uh, Smarties ruins it. Yeah, but
1: you know, Smarties—it's kind of like you just throw them in your mouth. You go, Shh, and then they're gone. And then they're gone I, or black you can fr- give them and i have everly right so i can give her a couple of smarties and she can get them all over her Aww. fingers and then all over oh is she face. there she's at that not point. here right now no she's with her no no her.
3: like yeah. at that at the she can have candy well she
1: like once in a while we really oh. try not to because there's gonna be enough candy in the future but uh yeah. right now it's dried fruit that's the candy gotcha you know like
2: they did a hundred years ago now jesse my pick is the black box because every item in there is edible you have the wow. extra item, wow. and it's still delicious. When you go to the other boxes, when you go to red, you got to cut out the Smarties. Smarties are gross. If they're not, they're not good. They're too. They're too. Um, first of all, crunchy, and they're mm-hmm. too sweet.
3: Let me be clear. They're all good. Everything yeah. is good. No, but no. I like no. them the least. No,
2: <laughs> I don't really like Smarties. I gave the uh, the Smarties I had this morning all went to Jackson, TJ, and Adam. Jackson, I, 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 I giveaways. And Adam didn't even take the Smarties.
3: I dismiss your opinion on this because you've never been properly fat. (laughs) (laughs) You don't know what you're talking about. All right. Yeah. 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 Adam and I have put in the time. (laughs) We've put in the hours. We've done the legwork. What have you done?
2: I have not been adult fat. Yeah.
3: Yeah. I've been adult fat several times,
1: man. Yeah. (laughs) And 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 I just want to thank everybody who weighed in on Instagram and let me know that. Really appreciate no especially the uh yeah <laughs> Yeah, really definitely appreciated it thanks guys and guys who grabbed your gut at the bar yeah that happened
0: literally that happened
1: that you remember that do no, i remember that yeah. Did we talk about that yeah okay oh my, oh my god, god. <laughs> uh, don't do <laughs> that to people yeah hey people's don't, weight is their hey. business yeah exactly and when you're working 15 hour days you're gonna put on a little weight for god's
2: sakes funny that when i stopped working that much i lost weight it's crazy anyway anyways uh, so red box yeah, i gotta cancel out the smarties mm-hmm. and for most people coffee crisp is an every time thing can't be regularly scarfing down a whole box of coffee crisp. and then the purple box I, I don't want wonder bar or crispy crunch there's yeah, two items dude. right there She's i'm so throwing to the side to somebody grow up so the, up. the black box is so elite because i'm eating everything in there i'm mm-hmm. finishing that whole box that's my opinion.
3: It's so, you, you know, uh, I really wish I could change my answer to the black box. Cause the more I look at it, the more I'm like, give me the Steve, black
1: box. Of all of us, you took the most time making your answer and then immediately changed it. When Jesse dropped like a spring, like a little bit of salt logic on you.
0: When like, I
3: said, hey,
2: you, you got gonna to pay one more dollar boxes. for your car. You're like, all
3: right. I'm not paying a dollar for that Mazda. Not a dollar more. God damn it. You're so right. I give me the dollar. Ah. <laughs> damn it. Ah, damn it. Damn <laughs> uh, and Twix with the cookie crunch and Snickers has the oh. peanuts and Mars is oh. creamy. nougat m mm. M&M's. I don't know New what nougat is, but... Mm. Mm. I fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> but they're all really that's good. That's Steve Dangle's second book. Uh, Steve that's Steve Dangle. I
1: fucked up. <laughs> uh, you, could, you could write a book of really funny stories about things you messed up and you'd have to start with the Mark Messier cookie story.
3: Oh my God. Yeah. like it would be really great. I fucked up Steve dangles 430 page book about 13 candies. (laughs) Uh, anyway, listen, uh, it was
2: a fun time. So uh, can I just throw out one thing? Sure. Uh, there are two bonus boxes that exist in uh, some stores. So these are rare. So they don't get counted in this list, but there's a green box. The green box includes Hershey's Reese Reese's pieces and O Henry strong you no. rarely see it but uh, i'm not Reese's pieces are gross
3: <laughs> i said it reese's pieces i, I am suck. it is now the staff and graph and steve podcast <laughs> and youtube clowns can fuck right off with your reese's pieces slander jesse do you like reese's pieces uh no I finally found another guy who doesn't like Reese's Pieces. I yeah, thought I was I like, the
2: only one. I like Reese's peanut butter cups. Like was, I don't like the
3: Reese's peanut butter cups were. They were just voted like the top thing in the world. Yeah, yeah a lot of. people. I B- like F- those, F- but hey, I don't Trump like, got into office,
1: man. Like people can vote wrong.
2: Yeah. We're talking uh, about like the candy, like the little candy version, right? Or are you talking about the cups? even the cups? I don't like the cups. Oh, man. I love the cups. I don't like when they're the little candy ver the M M&M and M version.
3: Adam don't turned like me them. that fast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the
2: will I've of never the thought people is like always the right Bam. answer <laughs> wow um and then what's the other box Jess? and then there's a i'm trying to find i can't find a picture of it now but there's a isn't um, there a green one that this has got like skittles and sour patch kids so and... that's the uh orange box that's what orange. i'm orange oh is there's a okay. maynard's it's made by maynard's the candy company and it's all like um swedish berries very good. and the sour Which candy like. and sour patch kids and those stuff so it's like a can't hate that don't it doesn't
3: get to go Swedish in the category berries. because
2: it's not chocolate.
3: No. Right, fair right. enough. So Swedish are. berries are elite. That's they something are, else.
1: They are that's very, very tier. good. Yeah. yeah. Okay, well, listen, that's it for us today. Thank you so much for playing. I hope you picked the right box and not Steve's. And uh... Which one did I pick? <laughs> All of them. I don't know, Steve. Why don't you tell us again which is in each box? And
3: <laughs> <laughs> Okay, tell you what. I get the purple box and then I beat you up and I take the one that you picked. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> You smelly
1: fart I love you so much. I, I wish you weren't 40 cities away in Oshawa. I'd give you a hug. Um, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> stay away from me. You stay in your Toronto bubble. Oh, that's true. That's true. Your disease. You guys still have restaurants open. Um, anyway, listen, uh, yeah. we, uh, we so appreciate you listening. We will be back next Wednesday, and we'll have a better chance, a uh, better opportunity to kind of tell you who we've lined up for interviews. Uh, I do know there's some great names coming up, and obviously follow Steve and all of us on, on Jesse, myself on Twitter, uh, because we will be making those announcements as well. Very excited for... what November and December bring. As crazy as that sounds, there's a lot to be excited about. And in the next few weeks, we'll probably know when the NHL season starts. I would imagine, based on what we've heard, probably the end of February, sorry, the beginning of February, which means training camp starts right after Christmas, right after the World Juniors. That is going to be a fun, fun time, right? We're going to
3: find out in like an hour.
1: I bet. 100%. So we'll see you next Wednesday, and we love you.
2: Bye.
0: twitter at steve underscore dangle at adam w y l d e and at jesse blake connection complete